So I have an important question to ask you. Okay, shoot. Um, if you were to take Donkey Kong on a date, where would you go? <laughs> uh, let's see. Not the question I was expecting, but given him, uh, probably the beach. Nice, relaxing beach. I remember that intro to DKC2. Oh, that sounds nice. That sounds Surfing, li- he'd love that. I said I would take him to like a trampoline place because he could just bounce around and like he has that uh, tire swing in his treehouse. He could have a fun time. True, true. Uh, I'm just saying that uh, of all the choices, you wouldn't say the zoo, right? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> all right, good. Connor, that's where we stand. <laughs> oh, that's awful. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Design Dork's Gaiden. Ah, uh, yes, the show where we finally finish our projects and bask in the miracle of finally having some good YouTube analytics on our sides. Oh, God, yes. Uh, anyway, I am Pyrrhic Kong, uh, host of the channel Designing 4. With me, as always, is... The Duke of Dorks, host of the channel The Duke of Dorks. Whew. So, yeah, May was a good month for us for YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Finally got done with everything that we've been, like, planning for a while. Much better situations now that we're actually able to, like, start getting all the things we've been working on out in full force. It's just, oh, it feels so good. I know. Like, I, it just feels so nice not being in, okay, planning for production, figuring out everything, just to be in production and just moving and having that momentum. It's just, it's nice. Yeah. It's sort of creative process. It, it, it does kind of just feed off of momentum. Uh, to go off with a great video on Dark Matter. Thank you. Like, thank really you. well done. Part of me is like, I wish it released like two days earlier so everyone wasn't already talking about multiverses. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that's that's the time. It's just like, oh, yeah, people are going to think this is just me parroting off of multiverse. It's really me going off of Heroes of the Storm, which has lasted a lot longer. That was fully inspired by Apathur. Oh, no, I know. And, like, I'm looking at this, and I can freely tell this. Like, no, no, you definitely have the idea of the body horror first and everything else no, second. I actually just completed the entire video in the time it's been since that Multiverses trailer came out. I'm just that good at making videos quickly. Oh, man. <laughs> so you've been doing nothing for the past three months where you said it was coming? No, I, I've just been sitting around. That was a bluff? Nice. <laughs> It was a good time. I enjoyed making it. I, I love telling that story about Zero Two so much. Because it's already a wonderful moment in video game history, but when you grow up with a pretty strict, like, extended family that's really super religious, and then you have Zero Two there as, like, your first experience with just anything horrifying or Final Boss related, that's just top five gaming memories. Might be my favorite one. Oh, when you said... I had the sense to not bring anyone else in the room. I went, oh, God. Oh, oh, this changed the course of your life forever. Oh, no, it did. It did. That one decision you made at age like seven or whatever has completely morphed how you interact with media. Yeah, I, I, I got I got introduced <laughs> that there's some, there's some truth behind that all. Oh, th- this, this is the occult. It causes bad things. is not because that starts asking questions. Like, oh, what, what grander things are out in this world? Oh, praise be my dark overlords. <laughs> I love Kirby so much. Yeah. I love it. I do, too. That fairy queen is still adorable. Right? I wish, I wish they'd bring back those 64 characters more. Such strong character designs all around. Why are you using that on just an NPC? Come on. Yeah. Also, props, 
I, I shouldn't have to say it, because, like, the, the amount of work Authorman put into that video blew my mind, but props on the Team Fortress 2 finally coming out. Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah, no, uh, the reason it took so long, that's why. <laughs> I'm, I had to pause, like, a minute in and have to go back, like, three times, just analyzing, like, how much is going on in, like, there's 30 <laughs> frames of animation? Not enough for TF2. Like, the point where he, like, sent me an image and it was just a manifesto of Spy and Scout doing a parody of Metamorphosis for a one-second sight gag that no one would read. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, dude, damn. Damn, okay. Like, I thought I did a great job with sound mixing and composing this all together, but he went above and beyond. Oh, man, it was, it was a wonderful, just memory lane. For how amazing that game is. P impeccable cast. Impeccable. I love them. And Sniper. <laughs> I, I do love Sniper's meat, though, where he's just a really disgruntled employee whose dad just doesn't get him. Look, look, if I'm just like, if I could break kayfabe for a second here, I do like Sniper. I just like him the least, and I thought it would be funny to bully him. That's legitimately I mean, it, the it, only it, reason. It was great for the final gag, just getting sniped by him. Back you when we made the cat dog video and you thought that I shot you, I was like, oh, don't worry. Don't worry. I'm getting what's coming to me. Yeah, no, this is this has been a project. Yeah, which makes it all the better. Now that we're done, we'd start working on the next big ones. Oh, exactly. But I got some other things in the meantime, at least. And by other things, I mean one. All right. Nice. So that's nice. Uh, before we get to our usual due diligence, I want to give a big shout out to our good friend Yogg, or uh, Crash and Smash, you can find him on YouTube. He does some incredible remixes, and because of his incredible kindness, uh, we have been able to put Design Dork's Gaiden on Spotify now. Yep, we have some background music to replace the loss of the video game VGs at the end. I'm going to be uh, mixing Yogg's music and video uh, music into the YouTube versions, but now there should be a link on in the uh, uh, comments and the description uh, taking you to the Spotify version of Design Dork, so we can listen to it there. Also, I have a link to uh, Crash and Smash as well. I'd highly recommend the Sweden remix that made me very happy listening to it. Yeah, uh, he has a ton of Crash Twin Sanity remixes, and that that uh, game has an incredible soundtrack that no one ever celebrates or listens to, unless you're a person who played Crash Twin Sanity. Nice! So yeah, we have an OST now. How wonderful. Yeah! Isn't that weird <laughs> but cool? <laughs> right? <sighs> but yes, thank you. Thank you so much, Og. Yeah, you're, you're making... We can never repay you. Thank you so much. Yeah. But we can. We can, like... Yeah, we're, we're, we're doing that now, and we'll do so in the future. Don't lie. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, anyway, let's start this off. K. Rule Watch. Yes! That's right! It's King K. Rule! Still not a damn thing. <sighs> Sorry. Yeah. I'm pleased to report that my hopes have been dashed yet again. They did not put him into the starting roster of Mario Strikers Battle League. There is a chance for DLC, right? Like the uh, they've they've done a data mine, and it appears that there are ten DLC slot characters right now, which would double that roster. You got a few obvious ones, like Daisy's gonna got like that's that. There's no way that Daisy's not in there. I think it's funnier if Daisy's not. That would be hilarious, but I don't like, see it happening. 
if they put baby Daisy in instead yes. of Daisy. <laughs> oh god, the baby characters in the Strikers. I don't know how I feel about that. I feel okay I if would, it's baby Daisy. I would love to punt a baby in Strikers. Don't take that out of context, but... I would love for baby Luigi to violently cause Wario's death. Yes. Just have him in, like, the stroller with a chain jump, the way they were in Double Dash. That's the character. Yes. yes. <sighs> but alas, K. Rool has not graced us with his presence yet, but we still got seven more months. And on the bright side, this next month is probably the most likely. This is this is the E3 but not E3 month. If there's any big DK announcements or, like, a Mario movie trailer at E3. Maybe? Maybe? Who knows? It could happen. It could be real. But until that time... What you been playing lately? Ah, oh, I've been playing a bunch. So I guess I'll start this off to say that uh, I replayed Sonic Robo Blast 2. Nice. Uh, this is the fan game of Sonic the Hedgehog, and it's probably the best 3D Sonic game. That, I believe it. <laughs> and like, I say that with all the love in my heart for Adventure 2, and in fact saying that I prefer Adventure 2 as a video game. But a lot of that is because I love Chow Garden and I love the feedback loop of the game and I just love its story and grandiose nature. In terms of pure level design, Roboblast 2 is incredible because I first played this about when the pandemic started and I did a solo Sonic playthrough. And that was hard. That was like brutally, brutally difficult as a platforming gauntlet challenge. This is built in the Doom engine, so Sonic goes in one direction very, very, very fast, but turning is difficult for him because imagine, it's yeah. FPS controls. Yeah, uh, it works insanely well for Sonic. Like he handles great. Like this just feels, I would say, more natural for Sonic than Sonic Adventure, at least as a translation of the 2D gameplay. But very, very hard doing even basic platforming just because of how momentum works. And it feels fine, but it's just, God. Uh, I now did a playthrough as Knuckles, who can climb up walls and glide. Oh my God, the game is so much easier. Oh my God. <laughs> but at the same time, the game compensates for that. These levels are massive. Like, I can spend, like, 20 minutes exploring the stage that took me two minutes as Sonic. Fascinating. So they were able to, like, design around that. Oh, dude, in one of the last levels, Knuckles has a very slightly smaller jump than Sonic. So Sonic is able to access a spring that gets him to the main meat of the level. Knuckles can't, so he has to burst through a wall, and they have a... Knuckles-specific platforming challenge where you are gliding in between conveyor belts on walls through gravity fields. That's awesome. It is hard as hell, but God, was it cool. Like, they have considered all of the ways you play this game so well and so thoroughly. And, you know, some areas are much easier for Knuckles. But if you go into the depths of it, and if you really start uh, combing levels for Chaos Emeralds for little emblems, like there are hidden emblems in every world, and if you get 20, you unlock Pipe Hill Zone, which is a reskin of a level, but with all uh, Super Mario All-Stars assets. Ha! Nice! Oh, gotta love fan games for things like that. It's so much fun. Uh, the bonus stages, instead of, like, the collect blue orbs, are just nights into dreams levels. 
Huh. Nice. Nice. Just like this game does so much right and playing it a second time, I appreciate it even more. And this isn't just a matter of I might play this game like four or five more times because the characters that you can use by default are Sonic and Tails, just Sonic, just Tails, Knuckles. And then by beating the game, you unlock Amy Rose, who has her Sonic Advance movement options, Metal Sonic, and Fang the Sniper. I'm sorry, what? Fang the Sniper from Sonic Triple Deluxe. I have no idea who that is, but all right. He has a pogo stick tail and a pop gun. Nice! He is a little weasel with a cowboy hat. Okay, I'm sold. There we go. Yeah, he's great. Level design can occasionally be sloppy, but sometimes be incredible. Like, there's a stage called Castle Eggman, and you are flipping over castle walls and through bramble patches. And you get through all of this, and you go up a small, winding path, and you find the bonfire from Firelink Shrine. <laughs> nice! And it's your continue right before an incredibly difficult auto-scroller section. Uh, there's one stage that's in, like, an Arizona-painted desert, and you start spin-dashing through it to go through a tunnel, and you just stop right against the wall, and it pans over, and it real. It's just painted it's on. It's just the a wild coyote. Just yes. It is yes. exactly what you think it is. <laughs> Soundtrack is incredible. There's just, ah, there's so many good, this is such a great game. Been in development on and off since 1998. Wow. Yeah. Uh, there's a kart racing version of it now. The modding scene for it is insane. Just, this is such a lovely game. I strongly recommend it. All right, then. Yeah, I'm sold. I also played through uh, Dicey Dungeons, not played through all of it, but um, this is a turn-based roguelike, and it's got a really, really neat aesthetic where your main character turns into a dice, and it's just, you use your moves based on dice rolls. It's got a really good setup of Death Game Show. Okay, okay. Where it's like, why are you going through this dungeon? Because it's a game show and I could get a car at the end. And I love that as an aesthetic. Like, th that's by far my favorite Adventure Zone chapter. Oh, for sure, for sure. And it's, it's a good game. Like, you'll have interesting results. Like, for example, you have your warrior who has a battle axe where uh, it will deal double damage, but only if you use a roll of four or lower. Otherwise, you can't use it. You have a thief who can use dice of two or lower, to poison the enemy, and then he has a lockpick, which will break any dice that you have in half, so okay. that he can stack poison. It has some really, really interesting mechanics, a bunch of interesting characters. Um, I cleared it once with every character, and then I was like, okay, what's next? And then it gives like a challenge run, like, oh, the warrior is cursed, so every time you level up, you lose health instead of gaining it. And I went... Nah, that I'm doesn't good. sound fun. No, enemy variety isn't great. It's it's very cute. The art style is very charming, but I felt like I got everything I wanted out of it after like three hours of playing. Okay, okay. Which sometimes that's all you need. But uh, how much is the game? Um, I got it on sale for five bucks. All right, and it's on like everything, but like. Yeah, when when your contemporary is Darkest Dungeon. Oh, true. 
you're less inherently mechanically complex than it, and you you have a friendlier aesthetic, but uh, replay is less interesting than Darkest Dungeon. So, I don't know. It, it's fine as an alternative, but I wouldn't be singing its praises outside of its art style and premise, which are fun. Okay. It's, it's got some good ideas. Yeah, it's, it's so hard when you have games. Because like that's a, that's a popular genre that people are passionate about, but the, the heavy hitters of those genres just out just are so much, they're on a pinnacle above everything else. Like, I, I feel so bad for any Metroidvania that comes out, like, in a two-month window of Silk Song, because it's just not going to be mentioned at all. Well, th- th- I don't think they have anything to worry about. Like, they got at least another three years. Don't say that! Uh, I could say whatever I want, and I'll be correct until proven wrong. It'll be revealed in, like, two weeks, right? Summer Games Fest? It's just Je- Jeff Keighley's got it, that's why. He's been he's been holding that out, right? Right? Jeff's been holding it for, like, a long time. He's already beaten the game, actually. He's played it. It's it's re- it's ready to be shadow dropped. Like it's. I don't. He he won't let anyone else see it. Just let me dream. <laughs> Alrighty. I also got a turnip boy commits tax evasion. Okay, I saw this name in the docket, and what what is this game? It's a game about the pandemic and the depressing reality that we face. Damn it! <laughs> I'm so you play as turnip boy. <laughs> Uh, he's a cute little turnip, uh, and you hit things with, like, a stick, and it's it's a Zelda-like game. It's really, really cute. It's it's pretty fun. But no, uh, the, the premise of it is that uh, you are Turnip Boy, and uh, Mayor Onion uh, doesn't like you, so he asks you to pay your taxes, and as Turnip Boy, who has the blood of a mafioso in his veins, uh, you cannot stand taxes or any form of document that is given to the government or makes allusion to the government. So you rip it up. And the first line in the game is Mayor Onion going, Oh, turnip boy, you really screwed yourself now. And it, it's very, very tongue-in-cheek humor. It's very, very cute. It's like, I have nothing bad to say about turnip boy. It's a, it's a really, really fun time. It knows exactly what it is. It knows exactly what kind of stupid game it is. It's, it's that kind of indie game where it has, like, an acoustic vocal song at the end to play as its credits, where it's clear <laughs> that it's just the developer having a lot of fun. Like, you know exactly yeah, no, the vibe. I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fun. You fight a pig. You go into a bunker of a quarantine and find notes from a girl who is like, I hope my brother comes back from the war. And then you rip up that note because it's organized documents. <laughs> Turnip Boy hates that. The final boss makes fun of Gurren Lagan. Okay. Like, it, it, it makes a, a Gurren Lagan reference, and you go, what? And he's like, sorry, I forgot that came out in, like, 2007. It's, it's really dated, isn't it? Okay, I, I love that sort of humor. That, that yes. gets me good. Yes. And, yeah, gameplay-wise, it's a Zelda clone, but it has a dodge button, which is just Turnip Boy tripping over himself. <laughs> So he, like, gets a dash, but at the end of the dash, he falls on his face and it has some lag. So it's a really, really awkward sidestep, but it's pretty fun. After the game, you unlock an endless challenge, um, just a train of endless combat challenges with secret bosses, and those are fun. Nice. Like, yeah, this this is a two-hour game. It goes for $15. I think that's a little much right now, but uh, if it's on sale, it's... It's fun. I have nothing bad to say about Turnip Boy. All right. I'm with a name like that. 
the main thing is so that I have something to say on the podcast about Turnip Boy. Because, like, I want people to know about Turnip Boy commits tax evasion. I think it's on Game Pass right now, if anyone has that. Oh, all right then. Yeah. Like, two-hour romp? Yeah. Light of a time. Uh, first off, I didn't even bother putting these on the docket because I don't have anything further to say about it. I've just, I've been continuing playing Elden Ring, still fantastic. Uh, continue playing Disco Elysium, still fantastic. Just don't have anything really to branch off of those discussions yet. Tell me the funniest line you heard in Disco Elysium the last time you played it. Uh, oh, oh. Not a line, more just the hilarity of meeting the crab man, questioning whether or not he was real for like a solid five minutes until Kim finally acknowledged him. <laughs> just the hilarity of the situation of just saying, oh, thank goodness, I'm not that crazy yet. Uh, that was did, fun. Did you find um the room with the little innocent girl in it? I have not found the room with the little innocent girl yet. Oh, okay. Then I won't continue. Well, you know, the funniest thing was Kim just being absolutely done with the idea of cryptids. That was funny. Just watch his frustration <laughs> slowly build. Like, you can't be seriously believing in this. No. Just just let me hear one, Kim. It's part of the case. I need to know about Kotamamadakwa. <laughs> uh, still a delightful game. Uh, I, I didn't get a chance to put this on the docket either because I only started it yesterday. But I finally got the chance. I, I, it's been five years. I could get the achievement in Stanley Parable. I was finally able to start the Ultra Deluxe Edition. That is one of the most wonderful expansions I've ever experienced. It literally starts with the narrator noticing a door with, labeled with giant letters, new content. And you go through it and the narrator is absolutely crushed by how pathetic the new content is and going off on a rant about the integrity of modern video game developers and just... <laughs> starts going through steam reviews to figure out what he should have done better gets frustrated with the negative ones it's just oh oh my god it is such one of the most cleverly written games of all time that's really all you can say about it because that's really all the game is just that and choices but like the amount of endings you can get to now like i saw like a um a flow chart and it, it looks about as complicated as like a guilty gear like relationship tree thing that's in strive oh the, that's the, gross there's dozens and dozens of options dozens and I can't imagine how much time of narration is here that the narrator of this game has put into it. There's got, there's got to be dozens of hours. I wonder what a conversation with him in real life is like. <laughs> just him talking about this game. I want, I want to know just if I had him at a coffee shop, what his feelings are. He doesn't have a voice anymore. He's, he's just spoken too much. <laughs> As I remember the Stanley Parable, I gave my life and soul to it. And for what? Negative Steam review calling me unfunny? Unfunny! Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, it's, it's wonderful. Yeah, I have to dive into that. Terrible podcast content because it's like, I could tell you what happened, but I really don't want to. Yeah. One of, one of those games just like, I, 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 I carefully spliced out what I wanted to say about it. Just like, if that appealed to you, please go play it. It gets so much better from there. If it doesn't, it's it's fourth wall breaking humor all around. You you could probably do with the YouTube version. Yeah, yeah. If if it doesn't appeal to you, but if you're like the person who wants to explore, then please please support it. Yeah, just branching paths and just seeing how how the narrator reacts to you following or choosing not to follow his story is just a delight of a time. Yes. Uh, let's see what other small ones have I got. Uh, game I'm not playing right now. Uh, is Overwatch 2. I got into the beta, 
been able to for all the Blizzard games in the past. Just, just, ugh. I, I don't associate Overwatch much with the general controversy over at Blizzard because of how that company is structured. There's different teams, and it's been reported that the Overwatch team was almost untouched by it. And it, mm-hmm. for stories we'll get to later, I actually have a lot of respect for the Overwatch team. But, like, this is... How do I put this? I get asked a lot with my Smash Brothers concepts why I don't design for, like, competitive play in mind. It's because I wholeheartedly believe that designing for competitive play first completely stunts everything else in the game. And I think Modern Blizzard titles are one of the best examples of that. Overwatch, like, being that number. Like, killing friend strategies, like, everyone can pick the same hero was kind of dumb, but I kind of got it. But then there was, like, there was roll queue requiring a certain amount of each classes, and now with two, it just, they keep taking away options to try to make it more competitive focused, but that also makes it just completely remove what was special about Overwatch in the first place. Mm. And that's just kind of frustrating, because, like, I love that cast of characters, and I hope that- Did Overwatch not already remove what made Overwatch special in the first place? I mean, it's more that they kind of just stopped- like, in its heyday, when they were doing, like, the little Pixar animated shorts, constantly adding new content and new story content, you kind of, like, feel like they're going to build onto this with some awesome, like, stories, and it's just, it's just they, they didn't. And, like, maybe the PvE stuff will deliver on that front in some way, but, like, it's just, yeah, you, ha- you had this box of fireworks, and you just never lit any of them. That's, that's disappointing. With that said, I was a Paladins player, so, like, <laughs> I have no opinion here. Ah. Uh. I-, I loved the game for a while. Lucio's still one of my favorite characters to play on in, as in just anything. But I am, I am on the side of regretfully disappointed with the game from what I've seen so far. They do ha- feel that. They did add a, uh, I don't know if you know Zenyatta, the, like the, the robot Buddhist monk kind of dude. Yes. They yes. made it so that his melee kick does absurd knockback to a point that's basically a Lucio boop. That's okay. funny. I love that. That's funny. Yeah, it's funny. But it's not enough to like make me want to spend time with the game. Right, I right. Ho- I hope for the best for it, but I'm not holding my breath. But I get you. Uh, I do have one more small game, uh, which is actually The Forest, which I'm sure most people have heard of. It's a fairly common game that a lot of like really big YouTubers have played. But I never really touch survival games in general, just because I don't really find the gameplay very engaging. It's, mm-hmm. it's very, very slow. Combat is very, very simplistic. Right. But my my youngest brother loves doing it, and it was a sale. He wanted me and the me and the middle brother to play with him. So I figured, yeah, why not? I'll, I'll spend a few hours just humoring him. Kind of start at first. Oh, you're just on a, you crash land on an island. There's cannibals. You have to build shelter, find food, find water, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But then you go underground, and it becomes a spelunking horror game, which is so much better. What what perspective is this played in? First person. First person, Ooh, very okay. very good audio, very atmospheric. And it, it, on the top, it just be, seems like you just landed on an island with just, just just a cannibal island, very basic. But you go to underground, and you start finding, like, occult stuff. And it, I, I had, like, the best experience. Like, Dark Cave, your only source of light at that point is a lighter, which kind of st- constantly goes out. You just have to keep flicking it to get the light back on. It's very, very dark. Just hearing a horrifying low roar in the distance just... Oh, me and my brothers is kind of getting back to back to back. And watching as this monster that looks right out of dead space, like six arms swag, flailing around around it, just charge out of the distance was a wonderfully horrifying time. I loved it. 
Okay, so you were losing me at Cannibal Island, but then you added the word goth in front of Cannibal Island, and I was sold. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and from that point, the game gets much better. Like, those, those kind of monsters start appearing on the surface. And it just imagine you're in the middle of the forest. It's just, you, you got your lighters out. You're just kind of huddled together. Brother asks a question. I look up at him, and right over this, his shoulder is this fleshy monster of three torsos, like, taped together with their legs sticking out, almost like a spider just silently charging right at him. I don't scream much when I'm playing games, but that was very much an exception. <laughs> well, I mean, you had to get information out. Just, like asking, just asking some question about supplies. I'm like, oh, yeah, I've got... Oh, my God, behind you! <laughs> yeah, I just... But, like, two octaves higher. <laughs> I got the wood, I got the fire, I got... <laughs> ah, I ended up enjoying it a lot more than I expected. Survival games don't normally do much for me. But that, that one did. So, good job, Forrest. That's you, really you, nice. You delighted me. Nice. Nice. Uh, I, I, I'm seeing this list of the rest of your short conversations, and I, I want to hear this, this themed topic here. I see. Uh, before that, I have a very important update. Uh, on May 20th, the word on Wordle was gamer. I actually failed that one. I was, I, it, it didn't even cross my mind. I was so, <laughs> just lame. Over a hundred wordles haven't failed a single one. <laughs> I like a, I like a hundred streak, but no, gamers did me in. Oh, I, I'm so glad. I, I, I've named that so much with like a group of people that it stopped becoming a word almost. It's more, it's more of a, more of a noun. No, like a, I don't know. I don't know. Gamer is a noun. No, but, but you know what I mean. It's more like a name. Just because you don't like it doesn't mean it stops being a thing. I, I, I failed by you for a similar reason. Just be like, that's not a name. That's not a word. That's a name of a thing in Florida. But then I realized that's actually what it's called in the swamp. <laughs> no, and I, I was, very I was like, oh, no. Donkey Kong Country 2 taught me how to do this one. Thank you. <laughs> but in any case, yes, uh, I was researching a topic for a future video, and I got into a bunch of games. So I have here on the list Batman, Batman Return of the Joker, uh, The Adventures of Batman and Robin, and The Adventures of Batman and Robin. Are those the same game? I've seen the SNES and Genesis, so is it like one They're of those? completely different games. Uh, of course they are. All they right. just have the exact same title. They came out in different years. They were made by different companies, but they have the same name. Gotta love that little, that little pocket of video game history. <laughs> so, Batman. Really, really, really interesting as a video game character because you have a bunch of slower Batman games like the Amiga where he's moving in an isometric perspective. Um, and it, it's interesting to adapt Batman to early video games because so many of them are just beat the people up and kill them. And Batman can only do one of those things. Mm -hmm. So for a lot of these games... It's interesting to see how much they ignore the last part and how far <laughs> they're willing to go with that and what they're willing to do with the Batman license. Uh, Batman for the NES. Fantastic game, actually. Really? Actually fabulous. Batman controls incredibly. He's got a punch that has like one frame in between each punch. So if you rapid jab, you can melt things. Uh, he has a wall jump, but it's a really stiff wall jump that carries your momentum in a very specific, almost Ghosts and Goblins-esque arc. 
So you really have to pick what part of the wall you're jumping off of, and the game tests you heavily on that. He's got a couple of sub-weapons. He's got a Batarang that boomerangs back to him. Not that useful, but only costs one sub-weapon point. He's got a, uh, it's like a small missile gun, which is not the worst thing Batman will use in these games. Definitely Which is a full-screen carrier, carry, but it costs two uh, sub-weapon points. And then he's got a spread Batarang, where he throws one and then it turns into three separate projectiles, but that costs three. And that's a really interesting balancing mechanic. It's super intelligently designed. It might be the hardest game I've ever played with that in mind. <laughs> like, it's not unfair, but what it asks of you demands perfection. Like, we're talking a string of conveyor belts, each of which are the width of Batman, into wall jumps while there are electrical gyros that you have to time your jumps in order to get through that have uneven timing and on the other side is a man with a flamethrower oh that, that's some that's some path of pain bullshit right there there is a clock tower which requires absolute frame perfect precision to the point where even people who are good at the game are just like yes you are going to take damage here <laughs> Uh, the final boss is the Joker, and his power is he has a gun, and he can summon lightning. Sure. But uh, Batman has eight hit points, and everything does one damage. The gun does three damage. Ooh. And if you game over at the Joker, you have to do the clock tower again, which guarantees that you will take damage going into Joker. So you basically have two hits when you get in there at Best case scenario. You can have three if you're really lucky and you sit next to an enemy dispenser and grind out health for like 10 minutes. Ah, it's the Metroid thing with getting- Okay, okay. There are parts where the only way people have figured out how to avoid damage is if you punch the Joker and he decides to run to the other side of the screen. If he is in his damage state, he won't damage you. So the only way to avoid damage is to exploit the game, and I think they designed the fight around that? I am not fond of that. That's counterintuitive. It is very counterintuitive. But the game controls so good, though. Like, this would be easily one of the best NES games if it weren't so damn hard. (laughs) It's hard in a fair way, but it's also hard in a way that you're like, no, fuck you. I can't not take damage here. I mean, is it like, fair actually, if most people would not be capable of doing it? It is theoretically fair. Okay, okay. Uh, I then played Batman Return of the Joker. Uh, Batman is big in this game, and he has a gun on his arm, and he shoots everything. It, it's, a, it's a contra. <laughs> now, these are non-lethal bullets, though, of course. No, no, no. They're actually bullets that save you when they hit you. Oh, even better. Yeah, it, it, it's like Arkham Knight like that. Yeah, this game is actually a pretty decent shooter, but it's also completely unfair. Like Batman fights weird druids that shoot tornadoes at you and you can't see them before they spawn on screen. Also, it's a weird fucking game. Well, yeah, druids with tornadoes. Like, if you're going like Poison Ivy, sure, I'd understand, but... Yeah, no, this is actually a continuation of the Batman movie, where the Joker comes back and has an evil death island. Oh, okay, uh, sure. 
is like, fight me, Batman, with my druid army and my tank. Uh, there are weird scrolling stages that play like Radius where Batman has a jetpack and a rifle. Sure. Uh, they are over in less than two minutes each. I don't know why they're in the game. There are only two of them. Sure. Okay. This, this is a weird game. It is unfair. It feels unfinished. But it feels really good to shoot things as Batman in this game. All right, then. <laughs> I... It, Really strange. I, I, I'm just. I'm sorry. I don't have any much much to add to. It. I'm. I'm still hung up on just Druid's Joker army. I, jo- yeah, sorry, Joker's no, Druid's arm. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Joker's Druid army. Ah oh, yes, I have cast tornado at you, Batman. At seventh level. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! Can you avoid this? They spam it while the missiles come down. Are they magic missiles? No, but you have no resist either way. <laughs> Uh, I, I like this Skeletor voice of, of Joker. It fits well. It it, it fit. I like it. I have one. <laughs> I have one Saturday morning cartoon villain voice. <laughs> and then I played the Adventures of Batman and Robin on both SNES and Genesis. So so what's the difference here? Um, one of them plays like Batman, and the other plays like Batman: Return of the Joker. Oh oh okay. Which is the weirdest <laughs> thing. <laughs> Because they're not made by the same one devs, but one of them is a close quarters Batman beat em up action game, and the other one is Batman has an infinite batarang launcher on his arm, and he just goes shoot, 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 and it feels like Gunstar Heroes. I like to imagine that the studios making those were just like, okay, just just make it like the last Batman game, but they both chose different games. Like, oh, that's what they're talking about. Yes, exactly. It's just, just a simple communication error. Complete, create two completely different games. Uh, both of them are really, really stiff and are unfair in places. Um, Adventures of Batman Robin SNES has some of the most uninspired and boring boss fights I have ever seen, by which I mean I punch them, they jump to the other side, and then I punch them again, and then they jump to the other side. That just sounds tedious. That strategy worked on a majority of the bosses, but it's very faithful to the animated series, and it has a lot of really great animation to it. Like, it's a really pretty game, and it uses Mode 7 really well. Like, the first boss fight is uh, the Joker has taken over an amusement park, and your boss fight with him is on a roller coaster. Oh, yeah. And he starts on one roller coaster ahead of you, so at first you have to do, like, a Donkey Kong Country 2 dodge the Joker as he throws bombs at you bit, and you do, like, a loop-de-loop, and you have to duck under signs or they'll knock you off. And then... It switches, and the roller coasters are coming at you as it faces Mode 7 style, and you're on one track and the Joker's on another, and you're punching his bombs back at him. (laughs) Ha! Nice! And it looks super visually interesting and is incredible to look at. And then you have to jump off of your roller coaster onto the Jokers to finally finish him off. The boss fight itself is terrible. He just jumps from one side of the roller coaster to the other. But the idea behind it is rad as hell. I mean, yeah. Roller Coaster Combat is an untapped goldmine of combat stuff for video game boss fights. I wish they did it more. Batman on the Genesis, it's a lot less stiff. Batman has like a dive kick that takes him to the other side of the screen when he does anything. But it's also almost completely mindless. 
Like, SNES actually has some platforming to it. This is just Streets of Rage ass, beat all the enemies, and then go right. Uh, Boss health bars are literally just a number that starts at 99, and then you hit them, and it goes to zero. Like, this is a video game-ass video game. Or, sorry, I'm I'm misinterpreting, but... It's 99, and then you hit them, and it goes to 98. Oh, oh no. And that's just boss fights. But you shoot so many Batarangs at a time that sometimes it just melts them. Okay, okay. Like... It's not a great game, but it's completely functional, and I feel like it. this game represents the differences between the Genesis and the SNES so, so clearly. Because the SNES is polished, but it's kind of dull and rote, and is more just standardly impressive. Uh, it's not very crunchy. The Genesis game is crunchy as hell, and it's ambitious as hell. But it's also kind of video gamey, arcadey, and basic. Like, I'm going to just link you the boss fight against the Mad Hatter and, like, just look at some of the effects they're doing here. Like, this is insane for the Genesis. Oh, yeah. Like, it is just doing this kind of effect constantly with pseudo 3D and just tons of sprites all around. Like, it's an insanely, insanely impressive weird ass batman and robin game that's only okay God, gotta love him non-lethally punching the rabbits until they explode yeah exactly exactly you you get it you get it you get it <laughs> like it goes further and then you see it streaming down and it's just ah oh. that it is a very nice effect i'm very impressed and this is just the boss fight to an entire wonderland themed like three-stage arc and it's just constantly doing things you have something in the batwing where you're traveling over a 3D city and then it slowly pans into clouds and you get depth on the clouds beneath you. Ooh. It's so visually interesting. No one should give a shit. (laughs) (laughs) It it is hypnotic to watch, I'll give you that, but the combat looks... I've seen this combat thousands of times. Have you now? That's the thing. Uh, I like all of these Batman games to different extents, But there are also different extents to how much of it takes me out of the experience and how much of it I can tolerate, basically. It has, they all have huge caveats next to each other. Okay, okay. Uh, if I had to rank them, I'd say Batman NES, uh, Adventures of Batman Genesis, Adventures of Batman SNES, and then, uh, Return of the Joker. But I like all of them. They're like, all six to seven out of ten. Okay, okay. People like to disparage the six and seven scores, but like that's still that's still passing. I feel positive about it. None of these games are worse than Blues Clues, Blues Alphabet. <laughs> yes. And anyway, uh, just to end this off, uh, we played Joy Mech Fight. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that was so much fun. Oh yeah. Like, we just played. We just got on Parsec and played a solid three hours of Joy Mech Fight. It, it, j- just the. Oh, oh, how do I describe? It, it was just a matter of just like, okay, let's try this character now. What the heck? They can do this? They can do this and this and this? And just repeat oh that over God. for three hours going through the massive roster. When we got to page three, those robots in specific? The, just that moment when you you started to star. Yes. Click the button and just shot up into the stratosphere. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
Oh my god, one of the most interesting designs has an instant cross-up, has an instant overhead, has no grabs. <laughs> Literally just, you turn yourself into a ping ball, a, a ping ball, a pinball, and the edge of, of, edges of the screen are uh, the bumpers. Except when they're not, and you just fly off of it. Yes! Oh, so many great moments there. Tr- trying to find the power of the John wave, <laughs> uh, discovering how to actually use any of Jibber's moves. Uh, uh, the saga of figuring out, okay, how do we do an attack with old that isn't attack three? Just the, the, the repeated lawnmower just over and over yes. and over again. Just like, I found the meta and it is Flame. Yes! Oh, Flame is such a great character. Like, I, I've never had a chance to play Joy Mech fights, um, like, multiplayer till now, so you can't really get a lot of the, the basic, like, trying to read somebody kind of fun with just the AI. But when mm-hmm. you're in a when you're in a multiplayer situation with that game, it is so much fun. I know. Uh, it's so simple. Like I instantly get any character just by going in. Except maybe Grack. I didn't quite understand Grack. I, I feel like the only reason that Zack worked was because we did a Zack Ditto. <laughs> well, yeah, but like <laughs> he, he seems pretty intentionally the bad one. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. It was just amazing trying to suck less <laughs> with that character. Uh, when we tried to discover, like, okay, how do we make it so our charge moves don't just trade every time? <laughs> and just, like, trying to figure out how to position our internal hitboxes. Yeah, because, like, a lot of those um, attacks curl the fighters into a ball. And there's mm-hmm. only, um, you can only get damage if you hit in the head or the torso. And when you're in a ball, it's really hard to tell where the head and torso are. Right. So like, oh, well, Tiger has a knee strike, and that comes in front of his torso. That will be the answer. Oh, you went slightly above it. Damn. I missed the part of the ball that was vulnerable. I, I, I love the moment where there it was like three matches in a row where I was just spamming the, the giant jumps with Star, the meteor rain sort of thing. You pick yes. Shenlong. And I said, okay, j- just do the same thing. Jump, do the immediate uppercut, and it completely cancels out Star's entire game plan. It was just a solid five seconds standing there being like, oh, no. Oh no! What do I do? <laughs> I have someone no discovered the Shoryuken. Oh no! <laughs> and yet, still, always unable to do the Shoryuken on Tiger. I went yeah. back and kept trying. I like went into the train. I still can't do it. There, now you try. Yeah, it is the least <laughs> consistent move in the game for me. I've done it before, and I've done it like successfully, but uh, being able to actually go through that cast of characters with another person it really goes to show just how how fantastic and well designed so many of those characters are like the amount of things you can do with flame alone you have that giant like completely cut off from the vertical side of the screen with the the flame pillar and you can combo that into the jump to like try to switch between like a uh, zoner and a uh, aggressive play style Mm -hmm. and just slowly discovering like how like how many options you have with that character was so much fun that was just flame alone Yes. I called myself an I-Main before just because the good punch was broken, and it still is broken. But, like, there's so, 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 so much depth to that game. I know. When we got to Legend, and it was like, oh, he has a foot stomp and the acid rain? Oh, not only that, the foot stomp homes in on you. Oh, my God. It's like, yeah, you get to be Bison and Flame? (laughs) Exactly. Oh, or that, or that, that damn skater character. With that horrifying sound effect, I've never heard something <laughs> so grating in my entire life, and it's the best move the character has. Yes. I, was like, I found the meta. 
And it is, if I talk, Parsec doesn't display the game audio for me. So as long as I'm talking, <laughs> whenever I do the move. You just slowly bleed my eardrums dry. It's a one-way trade. <laughs> oh, what, what a what a game. What a, what a good game. Get, playing as gel and just going invisible and having neither person have any idea what the hell they're supposed to do. Hopefully, I... I I want to say I was a much better gel main than you were. I, you were playing as Jibber. What was I supposed to do? Am I on the screen? I don't know, but you're probably I going had, to I had so many reads because I went, <laughs> okay, he's probably doing this. That means that broken arm will work. It's, it's so annoying because it, you just have to listen for the jump. And if you jump, you can use the, the I, I can't remember the name. Uh, of it, I think it was Thunder Arm. Yes, Thunder Arm. It just completely hits you no matter where you are. Ah, uh, st- stupid jibber. <laughs> God, what an awful character. I love him. Oh, it, 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 was a, it was a great time. I want to do it again soon. Yes. I'm half tempted to, like, do a Peasant's Perspective stream, but we just played Joy Mech Fight instead. <laughs> that, 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 that's, that's what, that fits in the thematic, right? I think, it, yeah, I think that works. People's that's ideas of the, of the meta of the game, I can, I can spin that. Yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> We got we got to have something going on in the background, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Just surprise surprise, Joy Mike Fight is still a fantastic game. Yep. Ooh, okay. So, um I watched all of the cutscenes of Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Uh, this is the PlayStation 5 Ratchet game which I did not want to play for two reasons. One, I don't have a PS5, and I don't plan on getting one. I will probably go Series X for this generation, because yeah, Game Pass looks really good, and I didn't have an Xbox One. Fair. And second, I've had my fill of Ratchet. Like, this is a series that is a really, really good comfort food series, but like, I've played a couple. I I know what I'm getting from it. I'm... I know it makes differences every time, but it's one that I personally am satisfied with how much of Ratchet I've gotten in my life for gameplay. Makes sense, makes sense. But the characters, I love these this cast of characters, so I am glad to play the YouTube version instead. And uh, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart is pretty fantastic in how it does characters, and the reason why I want to center on these characters is that the story of this game is nothing special. It's it's the Phineas and Ferb movie. Hey, don't 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 go disrespecting Phineas and Ferb like I, that. I'm not disrespecting the Phineas and Ferb movie, but I'm going. The villain goes to an alternate universe where he is successful, and True. there are alternate universe versions of the characters. That is the plot of this game. It has super predictable story beats of I need to learn how to trust and oh. <laughs> They don't know about our dark past, where I was the one who shot at them in the past. And then it gets revealed, and it's like, oh no! But then friendship overcomes that. And it, it's rote, it's predictable, it's simple. God, this cast of characters carries it so, so hard. And I, I want to say this game because I want to sing the praises of its voice acting in specifically, because... Every single character does such a great job getting their emotions out. It is so easy to read lines in a boring way, but there's so much way to get it with attitude. Like, the actor who's been doing Ratchet for years, I I can't recall his or Clank's name, unfortunately, has really got this character down where 
Occasionally, he's full of himself, but he's a really, really humble guy when it comes down to it. He's really nervous and like he loves the whole hero thing and the adulation, but he's kind of insecure about it. And he's kind of just like, this is my role in life and I'm just going to play it. And uh, uh, gosh, uh, something new. Uh, that's a uh, that's a little bit uh, that's a little bit difficult. But, you know, I, I know how to do this. So I'll carry us through, you know? Yeah. And he does such a great job of conveying that character, Clank. What should just be a standard snarky character, that character has so much heart and so much of it is conveyed through his voice and the tonality in which he delivers his lines. The counterpart to Ratchet, Rivet, does Ratchet's kind of nervousness, but she does it in a different way that is separate from Ratchet. She has a little more confidence to her. She has a little more of an outward personality. It's more of her nervousness she sees as more of a vulnerability than as a part of her. And that's carried almost entirely through her vocal performance. But what I really want to celebrate in this game is Dr. Nefarious. Are you familiar with Dr. Nefarious? I am indeed. I am indeed. Yeah. Name like that, how could I not be? Yeah. Incredible character. Love him. He's back in his full grandiose form for this game. Does absolutely everything fantastic. He doesn't have his butler, Lawrence, with him because he's on paid paternity leave. <laughs> he doesn't begrudge him for that. He just mentions it of all the times I miss my assistant. <laughs> but no, paid paternity leave. Uh, he goes to the alternate universe and he meets Emperor Nefarious. And this is just a doofenshmirtz and doofenshmirtz. And that could be predictable, but it's done so well here. It's uh, Robin Akin Downs as Emperor Nefarious, and imagine he's doing his medic voice, but he's doing it in, like, the tone of Frieza, without the accent. Oh, yes. Oh, that that's a lovely, lovely mental It image. is grandiose and over-the-top and just so incredibly full of himself, but you still get that Dr. Nefarious insecurity, where it's like, of course I've conquered this universe, but there are others that don't have me. And the doctor, oh, he's been here and he's enlightened me. Oh, oh and they don't understand the glory of nefarious? No, 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 that can't be. That won't do. <laughs> oh, that's delightful. I love it. And you can sense the aggressiveness. You can sense how full of himself he is, but you also get that tonality of he is really insecure about the idea of not being adored by people. And that comes off entirely in not his writing, but in just how he says his lines. And the Ratchet series is so incredibly good with his voice acting that I just feel it needs to be celebrated. Uh, the big, big thing that sold me on, okay, I have to watch through this game, is that uh, I saw a picture of the ending credits where it's like a, what did they do in this game? Where are they now? Sort of thing. And it shows an album that was recorded by both Nefariouses because they were just happy to have someone like them in their <laughs> lives. And then it fades to black and starts playing the credits without graphics. And Robin Akadown starts singing. Yes! Yes! Oh, I was Join hoping you were going to say at that. at the top is a beautiful villain song where he's like, I am lonely. Why don't you come up to my level? 
oh, that's right, you can't because I'm that great. And you sense that loneliness and you sense the regular nefarious who is so, so downtrodden and insecure, desperately trying to keep up with him. <laughs> In just that whole scratchy, nefarious voice trying to sing, but still trying to get with it and just, oh, God, I love voice acting. That's... That is so wonderful. Like, this is why I, I put so much value in voice acting, because when it's done well, it can uplift an otherwise forgettable experience like that. Yes, totally. If I can get invested in the characters like that, that will carry any other grievance I have with the game. Yes. But yeah, uh, I just had a riot of a time watching through this. That my, like, my only complaint is that there are only like five minutes of Captain Quark, and... The story doesn't need him with what you're telling, but I love Captain Quark. Googling Captain Quark. I know the name. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's that's, that's yeah. understandable. Yeah. I remember him. Uh, Zap Brannigan. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, that's my thoughts. Um, I love voice acting. It, it carries a game so hard, and I love these characters. I don't need to play Ratchet again, but I'm always happy to see him, and there is always a place for him in games. It, it makes it sound like the the world is still solid, but the gameplay needs a revitalization, a new direction. It would, but, like, I'm so happy when I see kids get introduced to Ratchet, and, like, what's there is still good. Like, it's still good game, but it's like saying, yes, Mega Man 6 was still a good game, but it's also Mega Man 6. Yeah, I, I get that, I get that. But Ratchet has something more spicy than Mega Man 6. It has good characters. Also a beautiful game. I remember seeing, like, when that was being demonstrated as, like, the, the, the go-to PS5 showcase. And, like, it was genuinely impressive. Oh, yeah, gorgeous. Love the style of it. It, it, it hits that whole modern animated movie aesthetic. I want to say modern Pixar, but not. it's just all animated movies just kind of look like this, but... But it does it good because there are robots. Yes. Maybe a spinoff. Maybe maybe that would be it. There's, there's some fun ones. There was one that was like an arena combat game, and then there was All for One, which was a uh, four-player sort of just gauntlet-style shooter. All right, all right. I don't know. I, I, I just know that every time I see Ratchet, I'm going to be like, oh, that seems nice, but I never feel a desire to actually play the game. I think it, it's, everyone it's, it's should weird... play one Ratchet game. And then play another and see if you get bored. I mean, I, I like what I'm seeing there, but I also feel like I'm, I, I feel not bored, but just, ah. They're, they're stimulating all the way through, and they have a nice upgrade system for it. I just, I rarely feel challenged in Ratchet, because I just, I have shooty bangs for every situation. Like, Ratchet is such a strong power fantasy character of just, you have a gun for any situation, and sometimes it turns them into sheep. And yeah, I love the sheep stuff. I don't know, I don't know. Some, something with, it, with what I've seen just hasn't clicked with me, but maybe, maybe I just need to play it. Maybe that would... You do, that you would do need to play one. Um, I will always recommend Up Your Arsenal. That <laughs> was something like that. Yeah. It's the last <laughs> PS2 one. It's the one that introduces Dr. Nefarious. All of them have a continuous story, but it's very easy to pick up on what happened. Mm, all right. And yeah, that one's still good. Uh, you fight a robot, Britney Spears, in it. And she has a song. <laughs> okay. It's great. Her name is Courtney Gears. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, okay. but no, that's just literal. All right, nice. Yeah. 
Ugh. Yeah, and that's me and Ratchet. All right. Uh, want me to talk about some bad voice acting? Uh, yeah. Oh, because I, you know, I wasn't going to give any update on this because I know it's a tired thing for me. But I saw a comment asking how many episodes in a row this was of Duke complaining about Xenoblade 2. And I just, I can't see something like that and not keep the streak going, can I? You did this. You. I did do this. I will follow through with it. No, I'm saying the comments. It's their fault. <laughs> uh, but like, like, I am at currently at, I'm watching the Chaka Conroy playthrough. I'm currently at episode 74 right now. So I'm, I'm, at, I'm at a good way into the story. I'm still, I'm starting to see the, um, like the grander story is starting to take place. And I, I will say some positive stuff first. Uh, holy shit, the music is so good. I, like, I already knew that, but I've only heard the earlier tracks. Later parts of the OST rival and sometimes even surpass that of the original game. Like, the, the, the more ordained day theme is unbelievably good. Which I think that was added to Smash Brothers. I never even listened to it there out of spite, but 10 out of 10 soundtrack. Well done. Yeah. Uh, also, the uh, the Jenga Tower gameplay we learned about from the comments episode from the Smash tier list. Uh-huh. Uh, I've started to see Chugga, like, really get into creating that, and it is fun just to watch. So I imagine it feels amazing to pull off. Like, I, I can do definitely see why that's engaging. Do we have to bring out the tier list and drop Pyra and Mithra again? I am kind of tempted to. <laughs> At this point, like a little bit, like there's a lot here and you're not doing it. You are just a surface level. I, it's, it's not that bad, but I like Shulk for what he does more than I like Pyro and Mithra for what they do now. I don't know. It's I not, think not, Mithra's not. cuter than Shulk. Are you sure? Shulk's a good looking guy. Come on. L I, I'm just saying I've seen them in equal levels of undress. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair point. <laughs> And one of them has long hair and would be upset, and the other one would be like, oh, no. I, I, what is this accent I'm doing? Oh, no, you see my abs. It's a me, Shulk. <laughs> That's what he sounds he's, like. He's Italian now. That's what he's going to be in Xenoblade 3. Oh, oh book at the Vapo, Melia. Oh, no, I can't be with you again. <laughs> oh, what was I even saying? I don't remember. Uh, uh, something, something about the combat, and it's uh, good. Yeah. Po oh, yeah. Positive things. There, there was one wonderful moment of the game, like hands down my favorite moment so far, where the, mm -hmm. there's these two Nopon villains, the little fuzzball dudes, and like the villain versions of those. So obviously, just wonderful. They had like a minute long routine, jumping through shoots and just casters and all that, and attaching to a giant baby Mechazord Power Ranger style. It was one of the stupidest, absurd things I've seen. And that is what this game's tone and design was made for. It was amazing. Oh, beautiful. Like, if, if it just embraced that silly side, I, I enjoyed it a lot more. Same, same with Zeke. There, there's a character named, uh, oh gosh, uh, Zeke Von, uh, it's, it's a really long self-grandiose title. He, he's the, he's the, I've he's seen the, the character. He, yeah, yes. he, he's the kind of character that's just like, I am the greatest person in the entire world, bow before my unrelenting power, but he's completely incompetent at the same time. It's a wonderful character. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not as high on him as everyone else is. He's, the voice actor does a good job with the character, but the, uh, the animation is so extreme that he is by far the biggest example of lip sync not syncing up, because there's clearly a Japanese man there that's just screaming at the top of his lungs. And he doesn't quite get to that same level. I see. But I'm just saying, if he was the protagonist, 
and like the game was themed around that sort of narrative, much better game for what this game's trying to do. Damn, that sounds like it has the same problem as Skyward Sword. I, y- you know what? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> kind of. Ah, <laughs> uh, but I'm back to normal. People keep saying that it gets better later with two. And my, mm-hmm. my, my theory is that people get invested in the story and stop noticing or get used to the confused voice acting and bipolar art direction. It, it, it's, it's, it's still not working for me. The more intense the story gets, the worse the juxtaposition becomes. Mm-hmm. Y- you see the quality of execution against the gravity of the situations, and it just feels... If, I, I feel like I'm watching a puzzle be put together, but they're taking the pieces out of multiple different boxes and trying to cram them together as quickly as they can. I can see that. Yeah. And I, I, I can see how with gameplay, with what you're saying with all how stacks on stacks on stacks is working, like you could easily get invested into that. And the fact of the matter is, if you don't mind the story, if it's not actively interrupting that for you, then you're going to be a lot more forgiving toward it because you have something yeah. positive to latch everything onto. It's, it's kind of depressing me, I'm not going to lie, because there, there can be major character deaths and plot twists think of a similar gravity of like what happened in the first game and Mm -hmm. it's it's so frustrating not being able to have the same reaction i had with the first game because i can make straight up parallels being like oh i was i played through the first 60 hours of single chronicles because of this moment and i feel nothing here and it's just like god damn it (laughs) it does lead to a fascinating experience where I've been kind of mentally re-portraying the game in my head as if it was made like Xenoblade Chronicles 1. So, like, I'm remembering a better game than what I'm watching. Does that make sense? Like, th- there's enough parallels there, and I could, like, the, the voice actors are still talented, they just don't know what they're doing. Right. That I can kind of just, like, filter out the, the stuff that just drives me mad. And, like, I can remember... I, I can understand why people love the story of this game, even though I can't stand, I can't get invested in it, because I am now at least invested in the idea of what the story is trying to put forward, the idea of who these characters are. I see, I see. Because the ideas are solid. Yeah. It's, it's just... It's, it's the idea of, like, if you gave this a plot summary beat for beat, you'd be like, wow, that sounds really, really good. And ultimately, what they do address that up will probably be good. It's just the movement between them and just like, it, it's the, it's the, it's the tweening that is suffering the most in this game. And you don't talk about the tweening very often. Yeah, yeah. In, when you're discussing media. Like, like if these were both books, I'd probably like them pretty equally. If it was just the story being portrayed. I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I do want to see how the story ends. Now, I'm, I'm definitely invested in how this carries over to Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Like, if I was playing the game and I made it to this point, I would continue playing just to be, just to figure out how it ends. Yeah, okay, I can see that. I don't mind you spoiling me if you want to do that in the future. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 will, I will happily do so. Okay. If that is what is wanted and you need to keep the streak alive, by all means. <laughs> okay. Uh... Uh, there is there is one more thing. I, I just just a thought I had while watching Xenoblade Chronicles Two, and just to j- just because I feel like it's a perspective that people don't get much, and I think should be thought of. Do you ever go into your YouTube analytics, look at who your audience is, and feel like you're doing something wrong when you see the gender diversity? It's it's just like it's ninety percent dudes and ten gals. 
like, yes. Just like, what, what, what's, what's wrong here? What are we doing? And I get like legitimate stressed about that, trying to brainstorm ways to fix the gap. But then I see games like Xenoblade Chronicles 2 and I give up. Because like, it's more of the subject matter of video games itself. And I'm not saying that like people who love to gotta like it, there's a lot of hills to die on in this world. I don't think this is the most pri- one in need of prioritization, but like there's a problem there, guys. Come on. I I mean I will actively say that you know you're if a piece of media resonates with you, then you're going to be a lot more forgiving of all of its faults. Like I still say to this day, my favorite game is Persona Four. Does it have huge problems and does it target a mainly male audience and play into the male fantasy? Oh, yeah, it does. It's got <laughs> big, big issues there. I, I can't hear the male fantasy without thinking of just the memes that have spawned from that clip. Just, oh, it applies to the male, it appeals to the male fantasy. And you just see a clip of like Dante surfboarding with pizza. <laughs> <laughs> you, Narukami, would totally surfboard with pizza, to be fair. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. That is in character, but only if the song from Dancing All Night is playing in the background. I I only bring it up because I love video games, and I just wish they appealed to a broader audience. Because I feel like you can still have that appeal and not sacrifice half your audience for it. Like, that, that shouldn't be too hard to do. Well, they do. They're just not the games that we grew up with because they always appealed to a male audience. That's true. That's true. Uh, just food for thought. Like I'm, I'm not saying you have to be up in arms. Net. Like I, it, anytime you try to like bring up a moral argument, and you push people to feel bad. It doesn't work. I'm not, I'm not like offended if you like the game. I'm just pointing out like it's, it's worth thinking about from time to time. It is pandering to you. It's okay to admit that. Yeah. Because I, I've, I've seen the analogs. I know this. I know there's, there's like four girls watching this right now. I'm pretty sure two of them are my sisters. If you are a girl who is watching this, thank you. Thank you, and I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, if you are a boy who is watching this, also thank you. All right. Well, what else have you been playing this month? Uh, I have one more game for you, and this is uh, Before Your Eyes. I have no idea what that is. All righty. So let me see if I can hook you with its premise alone. So, Before Your Eyes is a game about someone who has just died, and you're being taken by the ferryman, and the ferryman's job is to present your life to the gatekeeper and see if they'll let you into heaven or hell. Oh, oh, wait, 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 wait. Is this the one that, like, it monitors you from a camera, and if you blink, it goes, yes, Yes. I know what this is. So you go through your entire life story. It monitors you through a webcam, and every time that you blink, it moves to the next scene. Um, I don't really want to say any more about this game's story, because I respect it a ton. But I will say that I have not cried at a game this hard, and has not hit me this hard in a very long time. Like, that that Chainsaw Man meme of, oh, he me, oh, he me for real, though? Like, oh, God. And and what I want to do is I want to praise this game's method of control, which is controlling it through blinks. Because, obviously, uh, this is a flawed control method. 
What it does is you have your head in a certain box and you calibrate it, and if it senses that your eyes are no longer open, which can change if you tilt your head too much, it counts as a blink and moves on. And that can be difficult. But what I truly, truly love about this and why I would always recommend playing it with this as opposed to doing it with a controller is that it means that you as a human being are putting conservative effort into every single scene. Because if someone tells you don't blink, you are now hyper aware of your blinking and you are now focusing on the game so hard and you are straining your eyes to hear every little bit of it. Like, there are scenes where you have a cat, and he is just a cute kitty kitty, and he does cute kitty kitty things. And I love him. And I do not want to blink my eyes and move on from this cute kitty kitty. I want to spend more time with this cat and see what cute things he will do. And that is a choice that I am making that matters more because I am not 100% in control of when I can leave this. There are scenes where, like, you're sitting down in what's essentially a parent-teacher conference, and you're just sitting down and you're listening to someone explain the rules of the school, and these are highly prestigious, blah, 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 and you're getting the sort of snobby dean character that you would anywhere else, and it's kind of dull, honestly. And you can stop that anytime you want by blinking. But then you'd miss out on information, you'd miss out on character beats, and you don't want that as a player. And if you just were able to hit X, then you just go like, oh, that scene was boring. But because it's controlled through blinking, because it's controlled through something that you're not entirely in control of, there is so much more investment there. And none of the scenes are particularly important. It's just good additional information to have, and there are going to be some scenes that you latch onto for longer because of it. So it doesn't feel like a game like Until Dawn, which where had a don't shake the controller or the zombie man will get you. I didn't feel that with this. I would have moments where I would cut a scene shorter than I wanted, and I would go, damn it, that's my fault. My bad, I should have focused better, because there were scenes that I got to in full. There were scenes that went too longer because they ended, but I just wanted to stare at the cute kitty kitty. <laughs> but, God, it is conveyed so well. The premise is so strong. The voice acting is fabulous. And um, I'm going to spoil just a little bit, nothing plot relevant, but sort of concept relevant. I highly recommend a lot of people go in blind, so just skip like 15 seconds ahead if you don't want to hear that. If you have ever felt pressure by, like, a parent or a school to be good at something, if you've ever felt like a gifted student and had to take the responsibility of that forward, this is going to hit you. Yeah, no, say no more. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, this was an absolute experience. I loved my time with this game. There are few games that get me to forget the passage of time and let me just live in their world. One of the things that's like a hyper-specific quirk about me is just um, how focused I am on time and the passage of it and how much of it I'm 
wasting by thinking about thinking about the passage of time. <laughs> and this let me invest enough in this world that I forgot about it. And I just got to experience and live and be there for this experience. And it sucked me in like nothing else. And I was shaken by the end. Shaken and crying and happy. From what it sounds like, the game design almost encourages and enables that because you literally have to focus. Yes. I, I, that's going to increase your investment, and it's going to make you cry a lot more just because you have to try to keep your eyes open. Yeah, like, oh god, oh god, no, I, I can't cry right now. It'll skip to the next scene if I cry too much. <laughs> I can't wipe away the tears. <sighs> and, and the game is conscious about that, like, it will play the sound of a metronome and display a metronome on screen whenever it is tracking your eyes for blinking. So you still get a little bit of a snippet. You can't just go into, like, REM sleep mode and skip, like, eight scenes. Mm, okay. It's, it's thoughtful about when it's like, oh god, when do I linger, when do I not? And it uses that. It has moments where the ferryman is encouraging you, no, 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 focus in a little more. I need this a little more at times. And it's, it's really good. Like, it's not going to hit everyone. But if this appeals to you in any way, it's like two and a half hours, and it's amazing. I, I, I can't add much. The, the, the design behind that is one of the most brilliant I've ever heard of. Like, tying physical... Like, you brought up Until Dawn as an example. That's a decent example, but... No, it's not. I detected that I was shaking when I was clearly not in the finale. <laughs> I, I mean, and that was like the a, one like shake. The idea. <laughs> that's the one shake that it just decides, no, you insta-fail. Fortunately, I had great reflexes and hit the PlayStation Home button before it hit the save screen. <laughs> oh, I love the saves coming of that. But yeah, it's... Damn, is that good. Yo, you should play this so we can talk about it in spoilers. No. Oh, no, I, I, am, I, am, I am sold. I am absolutely sold. I, I'll probably bring it to the next one. Well, next month's going to be crazy with E3, but we'll, we'll see, we'll see. I, I get you, I get you. So glad I went through that. And that is all of the games I played. A uh, lot of Batman, and thus far, uh, nothing underneath Blue's Clues, Blue's Alphabet book. So There you go, there you go. I will now rank Xenoblade 2 above... I would have done it before, but it's it's above Blue, Blue's Clues now. So if you, if nice. you need any more, throw you a bone there. <laughs> I do have one more game, and this is one that was... I was not expecting this to hit me as hard as it did. Uh... Bit of backstory, I, I, I grew up playing a game called Heroes of Might and Magic 3. Okay. Uh, are, have you have any, do you have any familiarity with that series? I have familiarity with the name. That's about it. Okay. Uh, I should have written this down. How do I describe this game? Uh, <laughs> uh, p picture a setup like Civilization. Okay. But instead of like moving units around a map, you have a single central hero that can equip those units like... um. Like in an army, and you, you go around, explore a map, uh, capture areas for resources, fight neutral monsters to like experience, find artifacts you can equip to your character as like a Diablo-esque sort of deal. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a third of the gameplay, is this hero-based exploration. There is a civilization-styled uh, base building as well, where you're trying to build up your base, get some economic buildings, get some uh, troop-producing buildings, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but when you enter into any sort of combat, it becomes a uh, a grid-based turn uh, turn-based battle sort of game. 
kind of, kind of, I'll grab a, grab a screenshot for you real quick, just to give a... Are you trying to sell me that this game is Live Alive? Uh, I don't know enough about Live Alive, maybe? Uh, oh, I, I'm, I'm an, I'm an idiot. It, it's, it's the Total War series, but the battles are, uh, turn-based. So, so, something like this, something like this. It's a very simple oh, setup. Kind of almost board gamey. Love this game. This is the game that is the perfect sort of game to play in a hot seat setting. So uh, me, uh, my brothers, and my dad would just play this for hours upon hours upon hours upon hours. It, it's very expansive. There's dozens of games, a random map generator, tons of campaigns, nine unique factions. It, it's the kind of game that's still getting mod support today. It's like 20 years Ooh, old, okay. still alive. Uh, this is three, which is the best of the series. But since then, uh, the series kind of just didn't know what to do with itself. Uh, it got bought out by Ubisoft, who it's not an open world game, so what do they know what to do? And... Each progressive game just kind of got worse, to a point that the last one was a buggy, unfinished mess. So, for all accounts, it's a dead game. Dead series. Right, right. A uh, couple years ago, at the PC gaming show, uh, I nearly had an aneurysm when Day9's up there, he's announcing the game. He's like, okay, here, there's a game that's very near and dear to my heart, a spiritual successor of a game called Heroes of Might and Magic, and I just, my brain short-circuited. I never thought I'd hear that name again. And I'm presented with this beautiful Octopath Traveler kind of art style with this same sort of game. And I was over the moon excited. It's a game mm-hmm. called Songs of Conquest. But when you hear about a, uh, hear about a spiritual successor, it, 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 you get excited, but it's, it's hard to expect it to capture the same charm of the original. Like, wh- when you hear about ukulele, you get hyped... But there's that voice in the back of your head that's all like, this can't be better than Banjo and Kazooie. That, that's, that's just not going to happen. There's too much nostalgia there. Of course it's not. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, I think this game has surpassed my enjoyment of the original. That much nostalgia, and it is, it's an early access right now, and it's just knocked everything out of the park. I'm so impressed. Okay, nice. A uh, couple, couple things, couple things. The original Heroes of Might and Magic games, uh, there, there was... There was might and there was magic. You had, you had the troops that you could equip. That was the might side of things. You get um, strength and defense in your hero. That applies to there. And then there was the magic side of things where you could like learn spells. Uh, you get spell points and a spell power on your heroes. And you would be able to cast spells in between turns with your troops. This game has decided to try to marry those concepts in a fascinating way. Every single unit in this game is tied to a mana system. There's a bit of a bit of a mana, Magic the Gathering sort of system here, where there's uh, mm-hmm. five schools of magic, order, creation, destruction, chaos, and a fifth, arcane, arcane. Kind of have the similar effects to what they do in Magic the Gathering. Destruction's very just heavily focused on dealing damage. Arcane's more about board manipulation, that sort of stuff. Right. Uh, every single unit is tied to a school of magic. So, so you got these, uh, these little face sprites, the uh, small wings, like very, very spindly. Uh, they have two uh, orbs of chaos magic. So every time they take a t- turn, you get two of those orbs. Uh, the more orbs you get in any specific school of magic, the more different kind of spells you can cast there. Each progressive spell costs more orbs, and you can um, get spells that combine multiple orbs together. It's like you could have a, a chaos arcana that will swap places between two different units or something like that. Right. It creates a very fascinating strategic depth where you're kind of building your armies in a way to cast the spells that you want to be able to use. So, like, I really enjoy the Arcana School of Magic in this game because it just allows for some insane board manipulation. Like, you get a spell that, like, you see that board of units right there? You can, like, push a unit, like, 
eight places backwards, which if it's a slow unit means they can just never engage with you. So you're, you're encouraged to build with a lot of arcane units. But that locks out a lot of different units that you have access to because some of them are chaos, some of them are destruction, some of them are creation. It's a level of uh, trying to decide what you're trying to put in your army before the battle even begins that I expect more from a more from a card game than a turd-based strategy. Like, imagine you got a bonus... I've been trying to avoid saying this sounds like Yu-Gi-Oh! Dungeon Dice Monsters, but good. I mean, it kind of it gets that similar vibe. Like, I'm, I'm building a deck of my units, but it's a turn-based game. Like, imagine in Fire Emblem, you got bonuses for how many armored units you had in the group, or how many archers, or something like that. It's really, really compelling. And then, I, I, had, I had an example like that. I was building Arcana, and my brother was going for some, for some really, like, slow-moving, heavy defensive units. Mm-hmm. And I had enough that I could literally just keep pushing his units back across the screen that he could never engage with me in the first place. I was a terrible other brother. It took like 60 turns for me to win. But I had, I had units and it was, it was working, so... Oh, who cares? <laughs> what happens? Adapt. Skill issue. Exactly. He, he didn't build his deck right. He, he had only buffs. And, he, and he, he, he could never buff his units to a point that they were fast enough to get close enough to me. So I just war of attrition and I won. I'm sorry that you can't beat my basic stall strat. And, and this, this idea of customization is present in so many other areas. Like, uh, previous years of Might and Magic games, you had, like, a set city that you could build in a certain way, and that was it. You could have, like, strategies of trying to favor trying to get this troop first. If you're playing Undead, you want the vampires before anything else. But generally, you're kind of going for the same strategies. Mm-hmm. Uh, this lets you make as many of a certain type of building as you could possibly want which just blows the door open in terms of the strategies you can use. Like, there's a lot of very swarmy troops, very small ones and very big, powerful ones. I just had a strategy of just like, okay, I'm going to only build product structures that build plague rats. That's, that, that's just all I'm going to focus on. And I'm going to, oh, what's the name? Plague Tail, just all of my enemies to the dust. And it lets me do that because it just means like, okay, here's all these tools, just go crazy with them. Learn the magic system and enjoy and I lo- it's the best kind of, it's the best time for strategy games when you're in that sort of mindset. Or, or really card games, it's more of a card game. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I was just saying, that's just archetypes, my dude. I love archetype experimentation. Yeah, it, it, is, it is wonderful. It is a little small right now. Again, early access, and it's an in, in, well, yeah. indie game. Uh, yeah. Only four factions right now. Uh, but even the factions are so fun and varied. Like, it takes a, the classic knights, archers, humans sort of thing. And blends them with uh, fake creatures, satyrs. It, it, it's, a, it's a Narnia faction for one of them. Okay. Uh, the, uh, the undead are undead, but it's more focused on a cult of the undead. You got a lot of cults, a lot of plague doctors. And it's constructed in a way that the undead aren't really the bad guys. They're trying to bring back a uh, better... Uh, like It's literally just a, a long-dead empress that was the hero of the time that's trying to bring her back, and it's actually working and not evil, at least from what it seems, which is like, I've never seen a story with undead creatures try to do that, which is just fascinating. Mm-hmm. Swamp creatures are... You hear swamp creatures, you think lizard, lizard men? This is like 90% amphibians, and it's fascinating. Oh, good. Good. Like, you still got your lizard men, but... But also, there's also turtles and stuff. It's just so much fun. Do, do you and, have swamp things? I no, unfortunately no. Damn it! I uh, love you, swamp. You do thing. have frogs riding swamp spiders, which is pretty cool. That's close, but that's not a swamp thing. And best one for last, they took the classic um, for Heroes of Might and Magic, the classic desert orcs, mm-hmm. and make make them Persian steampunk orcs. 
and I never knew how badly I wanted that aesthetic to exist, but it's so good. Uh, that sounds sexy as hell. It's so nice. Oh my god. I'm, I'm, I'm having a wonderful time. I, I had a childhood nostalgia come back and, like, rebirth, and it's just, just as good as I remembered. It's so rare that you get something like that. Well, yeah, I, I think that's the trick with nostalgia things. So many of them are looking to recapture that exact feeling that they got out of you. Yeah, and, and they then don't try to maybe expand innovate on it. more. Well, it, they, they do try to expand on it. Like, ukulele tried to expand on it, and it didn't work. I, I think what really makes those stand out are the ones that don't do it exactly, but are looking for something that captures the feeling of it. Yes, yes, I like that. Like, it's, it's less the mechanics and more the mindset behind it that made it what it is. I, I've actually seen some Steam reviews, like, complaining about the game because it tries to do too much, which I honestly think it's because they're trying to play the game as if it was still Heroes 3. And, like, Heroes 3 is a great game, but, like, you gotta have a different mindset here. You're, like, you're, you're deck building. <laughs> right. Oh, well, there's one last thing, and it's, it's, just, it's just a small thing. But in the uh, campaign missions, which are depressingly short i hope they expand on them but after every single mission they play like this short uh cutscene slash art slideshow reel where a tavern minstrel is recounting your exploits via song yes if i could have more of that in every game ever i would adore that it's it's literally oh a, God, it's literally yes. a song of conquest i love it so much oh my god god if the witcher tv series does Toss one a coin thing to your witcher. please yes please just <laughs> More dandelions in games. Like, ima imagine instead of, like, the, uh, the, uh, you're playing Path of Radiance, Soren's telling you how badly you fucked up a mission. Instead of Soren, it it's whatever, me oh, it's, it's, uh, what's, the, what are the Heron's names? Uh, Raisin. Raisin, it's, it's Raisin singing a song about Raisin's the only one who can talk, did. so. <laughs> oh, it's true. <laughs> yeah, but, like, like, with that, yeah. To be fair, Raisin would also sing about how you fucked up. Yes, which is why it would still be good. Yes. But yeah, uh, Songs of Conquest, still in early access, highly recommend. If you like any sort of strategy game of that nature, if I've appealed to you at all, please play it. I want this I want this game to be successful, and I want them to keep updating it for a long, long time. Get some more weird factions. Give me, like, Ice Devils or something like that. They never try to make, Ooh. like, like do hell but frozen over. That'd be amazing. Well, they're fire and ice. I've played Banjo-Tooie. I know what that's like. <laughs> I played Mario Galaxy. But that's all I have to say about Songs of Conquest. <sighs> well, it sounds like a great time. It, it has been... This is not my genre of, for, of choice, but like, I'm, my appetite is being whetted a bit. I will not lie. It, it's, it's a great sort of hot seat game. If you just, it, it, it's the sort of thing you can have like, oh, there's a movie playing at the same time. Everyone's just kind of hanging out, but you shout out like, oh, hey, it's your turn now. So you just have it on in the background. It's wonderful. It's really cool. Future Sight. Future Sight. You can't uh, see, but I did a really dramatic head swoop. <laughs> I did that, and I realized, oh, I'm not on camera. I, I thank you for immortalizing it for me today. Just, I appreciate you know, that. Just imagine, like, like a Spy Kids two ass looking right into the camera. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Okay, well, so well, we, we, got, we got a bunch of games. Oh, yeah, we have, we forgot to do the games looking forward to last. To be fair, like, I forgot Songs of Conquest existed during that podcast. It wouldn't have made a difference, but like... Yeah, I wasn't looking forward to anything in May. 
this this month, this month, this month is different. Yeah, uh, I have, I have a conundrum. Oh, tell me the conundrum. So, so I, I have got right at the end of this month. Some I upset some terrible deity out there. It was like, okay, let's let's give Duke the worst possible choice. Let's resume. Let's let's release Monster Hunter Sunbreak and Cuphead the Delicious Last Course on the same day and see how the hell he's supposed to prioritize that. I'm excited for both games. It's, well, I'm gonna play Cuphead. Let's be honest. Like I, I love Monster Hunter, but Rise was like the is a low point of the ship, but like still, that's so mean. Yeah, no, I was gonna say maybe the one you've been waiting more years for. Yeah, maybe the one I kind of structured my entire brand around. That's probably what I care about more. But even still, yeah, like, come on, man. It's like me going up. Oh no. They've released the new Donkey Kong game on the same day that they released Live a Live 2. That's a shame. What if it was a sequel to Persona 4 and a Donkey Kong game? What would happen? It, Donkey Kong would still win. I've played sequels to Persona wow. 4. They're not as good. Oh yeah, fair, fair point. <laughs> I've had like four of those. <laughs> Banjo-Kazooie 3. Yeah, ba no, Banjo 3 would win. Okay, okay. Just trying to figure out the tiers here. It, it's Banjo, then DK. All right. And then everything else is debatable, but Kirby would probably win. <laughs> those are the those are the correct priorities. Banjo, if it's a platformer, let me let me let me specify that. Oh yeah, that's I'm, important. I'm not I'm not <laughs> passing over Donkey Kong 64 2 for Banjo Pilot 2. Let's be clear. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, a lot of nice buzz around for Mario Strikers Battle League, which comes out this month. It's too small. I agree. It looks good, but it's too small. I am so thrilled with the animation in this game. You Donkey Kong has never looked better. You, you sent me that Donkey Kong dance. I, I just watched that on loop for a bit. Just, I, I don't know if the Mario characters have ever looked that good. I know. And like... The thing that surprises me, Wario looks amazing in this game. And it is, it's so wrong to, it's so easy to mess up Wario. It's so easy to get him wrong. And like, he's still gross, but he's gross in a way that I love. He's competently gross. He, he hasn't yes. lost his mind, which is like the big difference. When he eats the garlic and breathes it out and his body is just jiggling as he is just in love with himself. Like that's Wario. Yeah. That's the man. When he hits the ball with his butt just to show off, I'm like, that's Wario. Well, in, in before all the comments saying we're contradicting ourselves from the Smash tier list, it's not that he's gross. It's that he's competent. It, it's that he's gross he has, badly. He has a brain. I like him when he's better at, as a character. Like, yes, he's, he's gross in both, but one, he's gross and he sucks. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, Fire Emblem Three Hopes as well is coming out, and I just I might look up the cutscenes, kind of invest in those. I want to know what Claude's up to <sighs> in that alternate timeline. Man, Fodlin's barber came in with a vengeance, didn't they? <laughs> like God, uh, they they just looked at Bernadetta and it was like, "Hey, you want to be bullied more?" Right? <laughs> she looks adorable, but God, <laughs> yeah, her animations when she's fighting, she's just kind of just panically lashing out. In every direction. I, I, I do love that cast of characters, but I have no desire to play another F Warriors game. You you would have to give me something that I really am invested in. Like, I, I've been looking at doing the One Piece Musos, but that's about as far as I'll go, I think. 
Yeah, like Strikers grabbed me, but even then it wasn't the gameplay of Strikers. Like I turned <laughs> down that down to easy, like at the third boss and just breeze through it. Yeah. But yeah, that's coming out. That is. Um, we got Sonic Origins, which those games should be good. I would recommend playing it in another way. Yeah. Uh, got Capcom Fighting Collection, which is awesome. That's that's the all the Dark Soccer's things, right? Yeah, Dark Soccer's, yeah, Red yeah, Earth, yeah. Uh, Cyberbots, Puzzle Fighter. Oh, and Pocket Fire. That's it, Pocket Fighter. And anything that's Shadow Dropped at E3 as well. Yeah. Hopefully. Uh, also, DNF Duel, which is the latest Arc System Works fighting game. Oh, right. That exists. Yeah. The one that looks really, really cool with all the generic character names because it's <laughs> based off of Dungeon Fighter Online. Oh, yeah. This character looks awesome. What's, what's his name? Fighter. Oh, damn. I hope Grappler has some good grapple moves. <laughs> it's literally Grappler, though. Like, I know. I know. Uh, but yeah, that should be good. I don't like how it's doled out things where they don't give you a training mode in its network tests. Like, I get you're testing the network, but let me sauce a little. Probably won't pick it up, but like, if you're looking for the next good fighter, that's it. I will wait for the Maximilian dudes rate the super and enjoy that immensely. <laughs> that, that, that is my God. extent. God, Max is such a cornerstone of everything, isn't he? <laughs> Indeed. Uh, oh, yeah, and The Quarry is coming out. It's the latest from the Until Dawn group. Will it be another Until Dawn or will it be another Son of Medan? That's not the right Man title. Man of Medan. Man of Medan. Who knows? We'll Son see. of Medan walk through the sky. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if it was that, I'd, play, I'd definitely play the game. Lift your Metacritic score, set it free. June's always a good good month for games. Yeah, it is. Um, I'll be buying one of them and then waiting on Mario Strikers to see, okay, did you add Diddy? Watch them take like two years to add those 10 characters. Like Nintendo's got to figure out how to up the production on these sorts of things. Oh, they will. And none of them will be Diddy and I'll be upset. It's going to be like funky, but not Diddy. Just to make it even weirder. Yo, but I might buy Funky, though. Uh, I would buy it for Funky. They're not going to make you pay for it, are they? No, it's they've confirmed it's free. Okay, oh, okay, okay, okay. But I would pay for Funky, though. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> Honestly, I might, too. There are a lot of DK characters I would pay for, to be fair. But <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I gathered that, I gathered that. I, I'm thinking of the ones that I wouldn't, I'm like, Tiny? Candy? I would be curious on how they adapt Candy. You know what? Fair. She hasn't been around for a while. How, how, does, how does Nintendo model? Do it like uh, 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 Crash's alternate reality girlfriend from 4. Yeah, Tana, yes. Yeah, there you go. I'd be curious. Yeah, no, it, it's just tiny. I would pay for every other Kong. All right. I believe you. Oh, wait, no, not Baby DK, though. I wouldn't pay for D- Baby DK. Fair, I would pay for Donkey Kong Jr., but not Baby DK. What if it was Baby Dr. DK? Ooh, no. <laughs> if it were Baby Detective DK, though? <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, what news have we got? Uh, let's see. Top story. Reggie fils hates Donkey Konga. What? Hello? <laughs> Yeah, uh, he was asked in a recent interview, uh, what is something that he regrets from his time at Nintendo? And he says that he hated Donkey Konga and thought it would ruin the Donkey Kong brand. Huh. That it would distill his image. 
I mean, to be fair, it did put it in a weird direction for a while. He was pretty much right. Yeah. Huh. I never thought to, like, point at that. Because he always looked like, oh, yeah, they, lo- ri- they lost Rare, and that's why. But, like, Donkey Konga was weird. It was, chapter. and, like, it, it had the DK cast from the DKC games. Like, K. Rule was in it. Ellie the Elephant was in it. I, I think Barnacle Bear made a cameo. But, like, insofar as what the DK brand was, I think you could do Donkey Konga well, but it would need not the track list that it had. Also, just boiling anything down to a gimmick is, I think, detrimental in just about every way. Yeah, I I think Donkey Konga coming out first hurt Donkey Kong Jungle Beat. Yeah, I would agree with that. Like, if you need a peripheral to play something, like, you're going to start associating that franchise with the peripheral, and it just just snowballs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Tournaments will now penalize you if you're too stinky. (laughs) I would like to congratulate Yu-Gi-Oh! You have ascended (laughs) past melee player. There, there's not oh. much to say. It, if you are unshowered or your clothes are too smelly, you could incur penalties at Yu-Gi-Oh tournaments now. I, I mean, but really, though, if you're going into a public place, just have some common decency, guys. Come on. Oh, I'm aware, but I'm also looking forward to the first time they have to enforce it. Yes. Because <laughs> how do they measure that? Well, they have to do a sniff check, clearly. <laughs> Okay, bring in the professional sniffer. I'm sorry, sir. Uh, You're too stinky. You can't play Nibiru this turn. (laughs) They just grab... They they just have, like, a professional dog or something like that, and if the dog hurls, that's what... If the dog goes, rah, rah. (laughs) Row, roogie, row. Speaking of that... Yeah, just just as a personal thing, uh, the Yu-Gi-Oh! ban list updated... And uh, Yadagarasu and Change of Heart were unbanned for the first time in nearly 20 years. And j- just thinking about that, like, these are classic, classic cards. And Yadagarasu isn't that good anymore, but he used to be the reason that there were banned cards in the first place. Because his his effect is if you attack the opponent with him, they can't draw next turn. Oh, that would snowball. And he returns to your hand at the end of the turn. So if they don't have an answer for Yada immediately, they instantly lose. And there used to be a card called Chaos Emperor Dragon, who could pay a thousand life points to destroy every card in your hands and on the field. So you could just combo those two together. You could combo one into a searcher, which would summon a monster to the field or into your hand, and then just summon Yagarasu and win. Yeah. This was the first major banning, and uh, it existed for maybe three months. And it's so weird to me because those three months were probably the time in my life where time passed the slowest because I was a child and I was hyper-invested in this. (laughs) So it just felt like years to you. It feels like it's been 85 years since this (laughs) bygone period of about three months. Oh, that's funny. Like, he's not going to be good anymore, but just me specifically, though, this is a story just for me. Uh, let's see. Duke Nukem Forever 2001 build leak confirmed real by its developer. They say they're going to leak that. I don't know if that's 
Those things are rarely playable. I think people are going to be disappointed with whatever they get. From what I've seen, it's mostly just a tech demo of features. Yeah. Which proves to you how up their own ass the Duke Nukem Forever team was when they made the 2001 trailer. And it was just literally, we have the trailer and some physics. Because they were promising an insane amount of things, like vending machines that you could just freely interact with and whatever. Mm -hmm. And just random stuff to do. And this was in an era where people were looking at Shenmue and going, Oh! Oh my god, look at what you can do! So Duke promising that was like, Oh! And it's gonna be a competent 3D shooter, right? Right? And it's gonna be a competent 3D shooter, right? And it's gonna come out, right? But yeah, it's just interesting to see something that is probably better than the final product in its super unfinished state. That's hilarious. Um, let's see. Next big news. Oh my. Would you look at the time? Because right now, it's Hue time. Ah, yes, yes. What? There's of, of reason the for me to characters. live. Of all the characters could have added, that is the one that I think is going to keep Keep them in the running for a little bit longer, if that makes sense. You did the one that would get the headlines. Good job. But yes, this is uh, Jenny Wakeman, Hugh Neutron, and Rocco to be added to Nick All-Star Brawl. Uh, Jenny has already been released. Uh, summer is Hugh time, and Rocco will be out in autumn. Yeah. I, I hope this does well. Like, Multiverses has stolen a lot of the thunder I was feeling. Anyway, I mean, Nick All-Star kind of just killed the thunder they had, but... yeah. I, I, I really want them to do well. Get the funding they need to make the game into what it seems like they hope it can be. I know, and just looking at what they've done with this DLC, like, what they've done for Jenny is fantastic. Like, there's so much character in there, and the Tremerton stage is beautiful, just in the shading alone. Oh, for sure, for sure. Like, the stylization, if this is where they're going with DLC, is so much greater than a lot of what they did with the initial cast. Well, you don't like Aang's bland expressions? His arguably unfinished model? Uh, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of it. I will probably buy Hugh. I don't know if I'll play the game, but I'll buy Hugh. Yeah. I mean, I'll go back to support it when Hugh comes out, and it'll have its nice time in the sun for like a week. And I don't think this game has the momentum to carry it for any longer than that. Like, Jenny's already come and gone. Yeah. But it'll be nice and it'll be fun for that one little window. What if they add voice acting only for Hugh? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Because his voice actor would do it for free. Please. Yes. And he's like, confused why nobody else is responding to him. Just just lean into it as hard as they can. Just constantly question, hey, where's Jimbo? <laughs> He'd love this. Oh well. Now he he got Jim's Jimmy's invitation. Just it's just Mr. Neutron, so he assumed it was for himself. Mr. Neutron? But that's me. They said to bring all my gadgets, so I've got my ducks here. <laughs> now this is a mallard. He's a special breed. <laughs> a little saucy. I really hope they reference the memes that have if he is able to banish you to the Shadow Realm in any capacity. <laughs> like, come on. Mom says you're grounded. Yeah. Good. I'm glad that we're getting fan favorite characters. Yes. That's really nice. Uh, speaking of not nice, though, 
So recently, Activision Blizzard was trying to distract from the fact that a company was trying to form a union inside them, Raven Software. Yeah, which could And they were trying them. to distract from union busting. Uh, they did this by releasing diversity charts that numerically rank how diverse their characters are. I, ca- I can't not laugh at that. It's... <laughs> This was the good PR they were hoping to spin <laughs> to distract from all the bad things that they were doing. Well, was it good PR, or were they just like, okay, this is gonna cause a shit show that'll just distract? Because, because th- th- this isn't. <laughs> it's too ridiculous. To Are be- you sure that a corporate suit wouldn't be? Look at how you know numerically fair. diverse we are right now. This is how Bobby Kotick sees the world. People will love this PR. Just, oh, that, that's, oh. Uh, oh everything so... about this story is so... And, like, I get that it comes from a good place, because originally it was based on the uh, revealing an old GDC I mean... talk, where they were like, okay, we are going to try to not make Commander Shepard the protagonist of every game. That's we are going true. to try to not make white male. But then they have their next slide that says we are also trying to stay away from angry black man. And they show a picture of Barrett <laughs> and Coltrane. Yes, how dare we have a father that loves his child very much. And Big Bo, and I'm like, two of these are happy black man, and one of them is very sad black man. And isn't this presentation being given by like a, by like a, a, a European dude? It's just... Yeah. Yeah, your heart's in the right place, but this is not how you do it. It, it is fascinating just seeing just like... Every, everything in this industry's gotta be like spreadsheeted in some way, right? Yeah, it, it's like we can't make our bosses understand how to be tolerant. But if we give this background a 7 out of 10, they'll get it. But like, it's just... Because... Barring the obvious problems that come from trying to numerically decide which people are more important than others and just the disaster that that comes out to be, does that, that doesn't really work. Imagine for a moment a cast of 10 out of 10 characters. That's the same I character. Can't. Yeah. I, I don't like the idea that you're quantifying tokenism. Yes. <laughs> and, ju- and just the idea of, oh... This character is scoring low. Guess what? Soldier 76 is gay! <laughs> I don't want to throw shade at the over... Because I, I I love the reaction from the Overwatch developers. I, ha- I actually was curious about that and I actually grabbed a quote specifically from one of them. Uh, this is from Melissa Kelly on Twitter. God, I swear our company tries so hard to slaughter any goodwill the actual devs who make the game have built. Overwatch doesn't even use this creepy dystopian chart. Our writers have eyes, the artists have eyes, producers, directors, etc. As far as I know, all have eyes. No, I, I do agree with you, but I don't think that fixes the PR after the characters are out, and they have very, very well-timed bits of, oh no, it's time to reveal this character's sexuality, or that Symmetra is on the autism spectrum at this point. Oh no, I, I, I agree with that side of it. It's just... And, like, I'm not saying don't represent these things because, yeah, I do, but also consider them at the base and not to be a reveal. I'll, I'll defend Symmetra because Symmetra's was kind of teased beforehand. Like, I, I was I was deep in Overwatch lore doing that. Uh, Tracer in 76, kind of more questionable. Tracer, I could see 
initially being planned for that 76 i can't see as anything but pr it, it, it does feel pulled straight out of a hat i don't i don't know it, it's just i i don't respect trying to do the right thing for the wrong reason and it's yeah. just ah. Yeah, but speaking about the right thing, uh, that union that they were trying to bust and distract from, uh, that went through. Yeah, and uh, yeah, Raven Software has formed the first video game union in the U.S. Which props to them. Phil Spencer says he'd like keep it if the merger happens, so like that kind of kills a lot of the despair behind it. But at the same time, like, I don't, I don't, I got, I, I just... Like Mr. The Hedgehog says, I want games with worse graphics that take longer to make, and I'm not kidding. Indeed, indeed. Uh, I hope that plans out well. I'm just worried that that's happening under a CEO that's the literal devil. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah. God, he is. <laughs> right? God, he can't get dates with women because they see him with devil horns when they Google his name. They're like, what's I up with this? I have photoshopped at least two of those and <laughs> thrown them out onto the internet. <laughs> oh, good. Like, it doesn't good. do much, but I feel like that has more of an impact at this stage than like most of what everything else Perfect. Switch versions of Kingdom Hearts will now warn you when not to play because <laughs> the cloud can't handle it. Oh, they're trying. I'm sorry, Switch. You're not. That, that's the that's the trade off you had, and it's just not. <laughs> that, that's we so are not ready for cloud gaming. <laughs> uh. I feel like playing Kingdom Hearts and the game going. Maybe don't. I know you paid for this, but we're really tired right now. Look, the game isn't real, okay? You paid for nothing, and we're giving you this as, like, a favor. You bought so, like, an NFT of the game, and now you have to live with that reality. Like, w when we're ready, you can, you can play it a little bit. Like, like, we'll let you get through one world. As, as long as it's not too crazy. You, you can do, like, Alice in Wonderland. That, that's, 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 that's tame enough. But if you try to go, like, Tarzan, there's too much in the background there. No, no. I like how you're saying, don't go too crazy, here's Alice in Wonderland. I mean, ironically, it's the tamest world they have in no, that No, you're right, game. you're right, you're right. Uh, Multiverse's cinematic trailer reveals Taz, Iron Giant, and yes. an open alpha. Oh, that was the best cinematic trailer they could have had. What an incredible, incredible first impression. Because this is doing not just what Nick All-Star Brawl did, but what Smash doesn't do. Yeah, the, the characters are actually, like, they're, they're barely interacting with each other, and they, that might not continue into the game. Although I have heard there's specific voice lines, which makes me oh, very no, excited. Oh, no, there are, there are. Like, Garnet goes, smooth move, Superman. And then Batman throws a batarang at Shaggy, and he says, eat this hippie. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's right. Yeah, man, that moment of just, Iron Giant was one of my favorite games growing up. That was the perfect, it, it's just a movie, not a game. Sorry, yeah, movie, yeah, missed, slip of the tongue there, but like, that, that was the kind of movie that when you're a kid, you just watch over and over again just because you really like the movie. Yep, and Cartoon Network, they won't stop showing it every 4th of July for some reason. It's, I'm okay with it's, that. It's a really good movie, yeah. <laughs> but like, I can't watch it more than once in a row. I'm too tired. <laughs> just the fact that he's gotten to meet Superman, and like, Superman's happy to team up with him. Mm -hmm. Like, oh my heart, that, that's... That sold me on the game. That, that's what got my hype really flowing for multiverses. I know. And I, I know people are upset, like, wow, adding Iron Giant to a fighting game? Way to miss the entire point of the movie. And I'm like, no. The point is that he's allowed to choose, and this is clearly him being happy and just defending what he believes in. Yeah. If it were Gun Iron Giant doing guns, then I'd be really upset. But 
He's so happy. I love that he's apparently like twice the size of every other character. Yes. Oh, God, I can't wait to see him in action. Right. Uh, usual praise to go to Tom and Jerry for having the smartest character concept. Yes. Because they do. Oh, just every single animation and attack they have. That is, a, that is, that is, a, that is an S tier character design right there. I can't add any more to it. Everyone has said everything about it. It's great. Uh, Harley Quinn being the snake of the game. Yeah, fantastic. Good. I mean, you say that, but Tom and Jerry literally have Nikita, <laughs> except Jerry's Nikita. I- I've intentionally not been going very deep into uh, character dives, just just because I want to. I'm invested enough that I just want to experience it myself, and I can't wait to see what other characters. I haven't either. Oh my god, I forgot. Bugs will KO Aristarch, and he'll go, but the North remember that? Oh my god, I can't wait for Bugs to shit talk everyone. It makes me excited for, like, other characters they could add in as well. Because now, now that I know that they're getting, like, this much attention brought to them. Like, throw in Daffy Duck, please. I want to see Daffy Duck interact with the rest of the cast. Animaniacs, please. I'm so happy that this game is going for offbeat choices because there are two Scooby-Doo characters in here. And they are Shaggy and Velma. Velma as well, just their entire character design. Uh, that that weird dashing run that's a command grab that'll just launch you to the other side of the stage. Yes. And it's Velma doing that. And that there's just so much focused around the support of it. Like, Velma can't fight on her own, but she can get clues and reveal their old man Jenkins. Like, that's Velma! <laughs> you got the character! She gets enough clues that she calls the police and arrests the character. Yes. Oh, I want, I want the entire mystery game now. I, I want playable Fred, please. <laughs> Well, I love Fred. Fred is the best. Right? But but yeah, I, I'm very excited for the for getting to play that the open beta when it comes out. Absolutely. Yeah. What what a good game that's selling itself so well. It's nice when all those just, everything's falling into place. It makes me forget the crossover dystopia because they're committing to it hard. Yeah. They're committing to letting these characters live in their world and not just be like, it's character. They do the thing that you like. It's like, yeah, it's character doing the thing I like, but I feel like I'm being the character. Indeed, indeed. Hope it does well. Me too. Uh, Dead by Daylight dating sim, Hooked on You, announced for summer 2022. I I still have- is that an- What, what, what? Are the love interests the monsters or the survivors? They're the killers. Yes. Is it all of them? Uh, I believe it's just four of them, but and it's none of the licensed ones. Damn it! Oh, I wanted to see how that happened with Pyramid Head. No, 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 it's just a couple. But, like, you got the Huntress in there, and she like, damn. Like, damn, dude. Like, some of these horrible killers are real pretty. I'm stuck behind a Kit Kat ad. That happens sometimes. If you're looking for a way to just improve the baked-in characters that you have and not rely on licenses, this is a good way to do it. <laughs> sure thing. Sure, why- Dead by Daily Art does whatever the hell it wants to, like, go for it. <laughs> yeah, that's just- I just thought that was fun. Yeah, that is very fun. Uh, let's see. Final Fantasy IX will be made into an animated series? Yes! Oh, I'm so excited for that. 
as of this recording, we do not have the trailer yet, but it might be up by the time that we throw the podcast up. I I, I want that to be good so badly. I, I one of my favorite cast of characters. That, this that is, is the perfect game to do it with. Yes, like right. Like oh, FF Nine deserves it. It's just because that game was dead on arrival. Trailers for Ten were already out. Yeah, and like it's like I don't want to say it's underrated because people have recognized that it's. I don't want to. I don't want to say it's objectively the best one, but I I feel that way. <laughs> it's really good. I really need to finish it, especially now that there's a fast forward button. Right. Uh, I will say best generic battle theme in all the Final Fantasies. Yes, yes, I, I 100% agree with that. And, and those characters, God, they deserve to live forever. Like, just, I mean, I know that uh, Zidane and Steiner are patterned after Lupin and Zenigata, but God, you could do anything with just those two characters, and then you have the entire rest of the cast. And a lot of them really need more screen time anyway. V- Vivi's whole, sn- Vivi does, Vivi can have an animated series just to himself. And, there, and there's like five other characters on top of that that are all amazing. I know. And, and also Quinn is there. I was about to say the exact same thing. <laughs> you beat me by a second. The, the marriage between Vivi and Quinn is one of the funniest parts of the game, though. Oh, it is. 100%. <laughs> but that's entirely out of Quinn's doing. Yes. As opposed to that's me, true. food. Eat food. You food? No food. Okay. Ooh, food. More food there. If Quinn had the Cookie Monster voice, though, oh, hey, that, maybe this is the potential. chance to like make Quinn a character. That could be the thing. Yeah, this could be the Quinn Quinn redemption arc. Just turn it into the chef from the Muppets. It's me. What do you need to play? We used to blue magic. <laughs> we need to drink and now I eat the poison brush. <laughs> Uh, oh, I, I, I hope it's good. I hope it's good. Uh, we're, we're finally getting to a point where video game adaptations aren't terrible. Yes. Keep, keep the trend going, please. Where this isn't an, oh God, please, no. It's like, a, please, oh, yes. I'll, I'll take two. Um, Metal Gear Rising player base up 1,000% because of the memes, Jack. That's amazing. So deserved. <laughs> yep. It is as high as it has been since launch. This game is nine years old now. I hope this results in a sequel. But it, I, 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 I didn't have any faith in it happening. Well, that's Konami, though. But it's Konami and it's Platinum. Yeah, but like one of them is evil. The other them is we're just waiting for the autopsy report. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm at least happy that it's yeah, like getting the recognition. All right, and then the last of my news stories I got: uh, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic two for Switch with restored content DLC incoming. Oh, okay. KOTOR 2 is fantastic. It is also unfinished. And they're actually going to, like, finish it? Has that uh, been yeah, done before? It, it has been done by fans, but just to give you um, an idea of this, uh, you know, Bioware made the original KOTOR with several years of development and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Obsidian made the game in what is quoted as 14 to 16 months. Oh, it's a melee. Okay. Yeah. It did not make it out. Like, it is actively unfinished. It might be one of the most interesting Star Wars stories ever told. I, I haven't heard of it. I'm, I, I probably agree with that. I completely agree. I think that Kreia is the most interesting interpretation and understanding of the Force I have ever seen. I can't argue. Just, yeah. You know Star Wars better than I do. Is there a character who is one with the Force 
who believes in it philosophically, but not in a way that is light side or dark side dependent. Ah, I mean, hmm. I'm I'm sure there's expanded universe stuff. I I know, but I, I'm thinking, yeah, Kyle Katarn couple, uses it. And he's like light side and dark side, but it's it's not his philosophy. He's just like, yeah, this is useful. Things, but like, it it does too heavily rely on just like, oh, it's yeah, it's got to be either light or dark. Mm-hmm. Never, never explored the gray Jedi stuff that Revan kind of kicked off in that game. That's just like, which I feel like is arguably the most interesting interpretation of it. Yeah, no, Kreia is the most fascinating full exploration of it because it's a character studying you who has that potential for it. Yeah. She has the combination of you are being too kind, they have to learn for themselves, and why did you kill them? What is the point? Just to show how strong you are? That only makes you weak. Good game. Good game. Glad glad more people are getting to enjoy it. I really, really hope so. Uh, Also has the best Jedi mind trick in the series. Where two people are harassing you, and you Jedi mind trick them and go, why don't you jump down that hole? <laughs> and they go, I, I, yes, that sounds like a great idea. And when one turns to the other, yes, get to ground faster that way. <laughs> uh. And then they just walk off and do like the video game thing where they just drop. <laughs> and then John Williams has a sting of how evil you are for doing that. Yes. <laughs> I actually have a bit of a Star Wars story to follow that up. Just a really quick thing. Oh, go for it. Yeah, a bunch of Star Wars stuff that there's the whole Star Wars celebration. Uh, f- sequel to Fallen Order was part of that. Uh, Jedi Survivor. Ooh, uh, yes. It was uh, It was solid. Like, it, it was kind of just trying to cu- follow the Dark Souls formula with how its combat function. But it, it was still fun. I'm, I'm looking forward to the sequel. Kind of a a bland cast, but a, me- but a fun one. I don't know. I'm interested. Yeah, yeah. A Halo Infinite actively patching out speedrun techniques? I don't know what's going on with that game, but it has been... Someone very high up in that pecking order is very incompetent and kind of just killing a lot of what people enjoy about it. I have heard nothing good about that game since its launch. Nothing good's really happened. I've just heard another thing happened. It made the Halo fanbase upset. Yeah, it's, it's... it's disappointing. I really had fun with that game, but like they they just they tried to make it life service and they did they don't know how to do that. Yeah, that much is evident. Yeah. Unfortunate. But I'm just surprised they continue to be that incompetent. Uh an example of of not incompetence though, from a the last studio I would expect, uh the Dead Space remake is actually being wonderfully handled. Okay, don't say the last company you expect, because Quantic Dream exists. True, 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 true. Like, it's weird. EA's kind of become slowly, like, less of a villain, if only because other companies are dropping past them. But you, like, look at EA now, and they're kind of the the cartoon villain to the actual bad ones we have now. It's just like, okay, maybe, I don't know, I don't know. But, like, yeah, it, they, for a company that's been voted the worst company in America, they're not that anymore. Yeah, yeah. Improvement is improvement. I, I I feel like they've done like the right thing for EA to do and just let the developers just just leave them alone. It was like I don't know maybe they'll maybe they'll start messing with things down the line. But like 
right now, they've just been doing, like, these these straight-up indie developer showcases, but with, like, AAA tools. Just showing off, like, oh, look at all the cool things we're putting into this game. Look at all this fog. Oh, we're gonna pick up this move object and move it through the fog. Look how the fog moves with the object. And it's just a bunch of developers absolutely delighted to show off what they're doing with their game. And it's one of the most wholesome things I've seen. And it's coming from Dead Space. Which, like, props. Yeah, no, I'm shocked that it's not ruined. In, like, a good way. Yeah, and, like... It, they're even like taking in audience suggestions like like we heard that you didn't really like the sound of the pulse rifle look how it sounds now and like it sounds better now and they're like i have absolutely no complaints with this so far and i was not expecting that to be the case yeah uh j- just one more thing for me so 100 percent true story like like right right after recording the last episode i i hear my phone ring right Okay. Even though even though it's broken right now, but pay no attention to that. It's magic like that. I answer it, and I hear the voice of Phil, Phil Spencer saying, Hey, Duke, love your content. I heard you adore how we're supporting Age of Empires. Would you like us to hammer down your points even further? And I'm like, of course. I love it when I'm even more right than usual. And he was like, so, well, even though Age of Empires 3 is the black sheep of the series, we're, we're going to release an expansion to that a month after the Age of Empires 2 expansion because we just love our fans that much. I mean, I don't care about the third game. Colonial Warfare just isn't as interesting as medieval stuff. But hey, cool. Why not? But he wasn't done. And just because we want to keep this trail... I don't know what this voice is for Phil Spencer. Don't question it. <laughs> yeah, just, <laughs> we're just gonna, cool. Lay back in. We're yeah. going to oh, host a massive tournament for age one, two, and four with a 550,000 prize pool. That's pretty good, man. Because like, Age of Empires is for the best game. game ever, and we're smart enough to realize that. And I was shocked, like, wow, Phil, that's wonderful. Thank you, Microsoft, for taking such good game of this series. And, and hey, while I've got you here, can I ask you why the Halo TV series fucked up so badly? And then he hung up on me. But still, I love Age of Empires, and they're still taking very good care of it. And then he calls you back, he's like, and fucked is right. And then hangs <laughs> up immediately. What happened there? I'm sorry to derail the tangent, but what the hell? I don't know, dude. I don't watch TV. It's it's so... I'm sure you heard the news stories of Master Chief losing his virginity, but it's so oh, yes. much funnier than that. Because, like, the, the character is, like, a a human stand-in for the Covenant, so they don't have to, like, CGI a full, like, the Arbiter or something like that. Oh, so they so, don't have so, to reveal he was actually gay? <laughs> no, no, they literally created a female human version of the Arbiter so that Master Chief could fuck him and that Cortana could watch. It's, it's, it's... Oh. Do you ever it's, feel this way about Keith David, but just really, want to be completely straight? It's really bad. I could get into the whole thing of, like, Master Chief literally doesn't... That's literally been edited out of him. He is above human desires. But, like, I... They, they, out, they actively... They put it as a selling point that they didn't check on any of the games or the lore. And, like, when you're doing that, you're just looking for brand recognition to tell your story. And I'm sorry to say, if your story isn't good enough to get cleared on its own, it's probably not a very interesting story. To be completely fair, when anyone ever checked uh, Halo for like a TV series or a movie when it was under Bungie and they were given the Bible and told, no, you can't deviate from this at all. That was a little underwhelming or overwhelming, rather. I mean, fair. Like, it's a little much to expect someone to be able to jump into another series and tell a story, but follow every single one of these parameters. 
I mean, but that's why you have, like, you hire lore advisors for those sorts of things. That, that, that does work in other mediums. No, you're right. It's just that video games haven't but figured they did out it to do that yet. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, but, but to get back to the Age of Empires thing, because I just want to really quick say this. If you haven't heard of the Red Bull Age of Empires tournament, at the very least, look at pictures of what it's like. Because it is the funniest thing ever. It's a medieval strategy game, right? So they rent out a castle to host it in. All the casters and everybody is dressed in, like, surf or jester clothing. There's a mini Ren fair going on at the same time. Players meet in front of literal battle maps to choose their civilizations, and they all have their personalized banners for each player and bannermen that carry them around, which is absolutely hilarious, because while everyone else is decked out in medieval clothing, oh, the I'm players aren't. So you have <laughs> yeah. a fully armored crusader knight or, like, a, a, a noble lady following around this this nerd in a t-shirt and jeans, and it's, 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 it's the most beautiful thing. <laughs> Oh, that's lovely. That is... Ooh. Hey, I'm, I'm going to try to find a picture real quick. Give me just a second. No, I, I'm, I'm looking it up. I'm seeing it. Like, <laughs> okay, good. I got fingers. They're working. <laughs> that's some magic there. Yeah, it, it's they just have fun with it, and it makes me happy. That sounds too nice to be video games. Right? Age of Empires, and just it, it just found its Elysium, like, in the middle of the underworld. And it's just like, okay, you can come in here. Have a great time. It's fine. But that's all the news stories that I had. Alrighty. So, uh, what are you working on in the future for videos and stuff? Ah, well, Dark Matter's done. Thank goodness. Yeah. That's been, that's been a long time coming. COVID. Yeah, you're, you're welcome. Took like three months off of that when it was supposed to come out. All of you are welcome for him getting it out in a timely fashion. That was me. <laughs> sure. Well, okay. I take responsibility <laughs> for that. Get, do I get to take responsibility for TF2 then? I, no. Actually, no, I, I can't take that. From no, Alderman, because no. I released the video and then I just posted and I said, your move. Oh, true. I forgot about that. <laughs> and then you said, you know what? I was going to play Joy Mech Fight with you, but fuck you. I'm going to make a video. <laughs> it did light a fire on me and I got it done as quickly as I did. So you know what? Yeah. It probably I dropped come the out mic and I let you pick it up. So I you're welcome. I probably still would have finished it before I uploaded the episode, but I probably wouldn't have had it done by the time we were recording this. This is me. Give me your praise. And honestly, I don't know what I'm gonna focus on next. I've got a lot of artwork ready for, like, videos I can make. I still got the other M in the works. I, I think Ridley's will be the next, like, remake video, because, like, that's basically not even a remake at this point. It's just talking about, okay, we have them now. What what what, what went wrong? What, went, what we could do right? And that's... Right. That intrigues me after doing the Smash tier list. That's like the one I want to do that on most. Mm -hmm. But like, I don't know what to prioritize it. I think I'm like my next big goal is getting Peasant's Perspective running. I'm, I'm just waiting on artwork right now. Then I'll be able to do it. I see. But yeah, that, that's about all for me. What about you? Nice. Uh, next video I will have up, which should be within the next week or two, is uh, Toho Luna Nights. And we'll have that uh, video analyzing its final boss fight and how it manages to be incredibly challenging but empowers you to feel overpowered so in because you know most boss fights are either this force feels overwhelming or you feel too powerful yeah, this is how yeah. it marries it so it feels like you are insanely insanely powerful the opponent is also it is now an even fight Ooh, that's 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 good that's good and, like, how it's a matter of you always had the tools to be this overpowered, but this boss makes you use them. Nice. 
yeah, that should be really fun, really good. Even if you're not interested in Toho, I recommend it. Um, and after that, I will finally be able to buckle down and really focus on Diddy Kong. Very nice. Very nice. I've really wanted to do a character examination of Diddy Kong for a long, long time. He's because Diddy Kong is a character that is not relevant in the modern day. In the 90s, he was bigger than Luigi. Like Diddy Kong Racing outright outsold Luigi's Mansion. And Which one of those was a launch time. my mind. And Diddy Kong Racing didn't just outsell it by a little, it outsold it by, like, at minimum 1.5 million. And didn't, like, Diddy Kong Racing have to be pulled from shells once Conquer came out? Because yep. they didn't want to advertise yep. that? Diddy Kong Racing had a total of three years on store shelves in a couple months. And Which, it sold like, over 5 million. Wow. Well done. Yeah. Diddy was huge. And I think it's really, really important to celebrate his spirit. Because he has such a great little character arc between all the games, and like you, you people really latched onto and loved this character, and I really want to celebrate that again. Absolutely, hell yeah! <sighs> and yeah, that should probably carry me through the rest of the month for content. Excellent, excellent. We, we need we need to find new. Is Decon going to be the next Team Fortress Two that we're talking about for a future month? I might be talking about it in July, but I. Don't I love this character way too much, and I love Donkey Kong way too much that I don't think I'm going to let it lag for very long. All right, nice. I don't have a good transition. Fuck it, bonus stage. <laughs> Welcome to bonus stage. So this bonus stage is something that um. Uh, I've been in the back of my head for a while I wanted to talk about, and I'll probably talk about again in the future, because today I'm talking about Dungeons & Dragons. Okay. I love Dungeons & Dragons. Uh, quick bit of history, how I got into it. Uh, I, it I I was a bit of a latecomer. I, I got through it through Critical Role, like so many people did recently. That's so fair. I've like, heard about it from a lot of YouTubers, but never really got into it. Tried to go to one session and just didn't really click with it. So somebody said, like, oh, yeah, here, check out this little web series right here. They're, like, 20 episodes in. It's, it's, it's all right. And over 250 episodes later, I'm still watching it. <laughs> That's a good I, attach, right? Yeah. Uh, I love Dungeons & Dragons because it it feels like an evolution of childhood make-believe. Just when, when you get those really little kids that are like, oh, yeah, I'm I'm an orc and I'm going to get you. Ah! And just kind of just build upon that in a more mature setting. Just, just like... Let's tell a story together, and pl then play in a game to find out what that story is going to be. I don't know, they don't know, but the magic of finding out is an experience that is almost unparalleled. I haven't found anything else like it. It is, it is group improv that nobody quite knows what you're doing, and you just kind of figure things out. Uh, I, I, I originally got into it wanting to be a player, but as, as many players find out, you, you, you kind of just have to DM if you want a group to play it with. So, so I've been doing yeah. that for, for a couple of years now. And like right. one of the best things about this game is that you can just make up your own shit and it just works. Like, okay, this is the rule now, and that's and that's just the rule now. Nobody's going to question you. You've, you've made this world. And it just lets you like pull from different like settings or themes that you, you just really appreciated. Like, uh, I, I've homebrewed like an entire world for this, the games that I play. Mm -hmm. One of the things I did was that I really liked how... Um, you ever read the Percy Jackson books? No. Oh, you're missing out. Those were fun when we were kids. But uh, they have this thing with um, deities that wear uh, 
kind of the more you believe in them, the stronger they get. And if you stop believing them, they eventually fade away. I've read Discworld. I know what this is. Yeah, so I, I kind of wanted to build on that further. It'll be, okay, like, what if, what if, uh, if enough people hold a certain ideal for a certain amount of time, that's literally how you make gods. Like, if, there, if there's, a, there's a giant war between two countries that everyone's really invested in, eventually you get a war god that becomes fixated on this war. Which you of course really one, need to watch Hogfather. I, I know Discworld, I know a couple of the... I haven't watched Hogfather, which I'm getting. It, it's such a good Christmas movie. Alrighty, alrighty. I'm just kind of building off that, like, oh yeah, what happens when the war ends? Well, they need subjects that, that continues the fighting for them. That's how you get, like, monsters. That's how you get, like, orcs. And just, like, it's so fun to build a world and just, like, make your own rules inside of it. You're completely right. But, but the, the, the best thing about it is just the, the chaos of the group still worked in. I just want to tell a quick story from a, from a recent session that I had. Oh, uh, please do. D&D stories are delightful. I, I, I'm happy to oblige. It had been a couple of sessions of just roleplay in a row. Not, not a lot of combat, so we were just like, okay, I gotta, I'm gonna fast track them through this area, this, this, this camp they're in right now, get them on a boat, and I'll attack them when they're on the boat. Should, should be just like 30 minutes, we'll get there right away. But there was a, there was a prisoner in this, um, this military camp that they wanted to smuggle out. Like, they, they were out, aligned with the camp, but they didn't like what the camp, how the camp was treating them, so like, okay, we're gonna bust them out, we're gonna smuggle them out. How do we do that? And they spent, like, a solid two hours being like, okay, we hunted this dinosaur in the forest here. What if we tried to, like, take the dinosaur's head as a trophy and smuggle out the prisoner inside of its mouth? Okay. <laughs> Just the rigmarole of trying to figure out, okay, first of all, why are you getting the- how do you, how do you convince them that you're getting the head? How do you break the prisoner out of there? How do you get the prisoner in the head conscious? Because the prisoner doesn't like them very much. They have, they have to keep them unconscious the entire time. I just, oh my gosh, it was, it was the dumbest thing ever. But like, the dice worked, so it was the D&D session of, okay, let's smuggle out the dinosaur head. <laughs> and it was one of the best things ever. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> so now they're, they're on this cargo ship. They have the... That they just have a dinosaur head with a with an unconscious prisoner inside of it that they occasionally just have to keep giving food, water, and keeping unconscious without the rest of the crew figuring out. And I eventually just had to use the attack at the end as like a stinger, being like, okay, next time we will fight, because it just took so much of the time. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but that's the best part of D&D. It's just the utter chaos of being like, okay, I have a slight outline. How are you players going to break it? It obviously doesn't work every time. You have to find a DM that's... Well, you have to find a group and a DM that mesh together. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I have some hard times, like, improving on the spot, but I'm playing with my family right now, which just allows me to kind of get over that. Yeah, of course. Like, I, I don't envy a DM, a DM position at all, because the amount of flexibility you have to have while keeping a straight face. I, I have a terrible poker face, which is so annoying. <laughs> Alcohol also fixes it. I had a group with one of my brother's friends that I ran. That 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 fixes that straight up. But it, even it, when, once you find good groups that you like, find ways to um like everyone meshes together. It's the best game ever. One of the, one of the best social experiences. That's that's worth the trouble of trying to get everything put together. I can definitely feel that. I have never played it. I would I would so highly recommend. It. It's so hard to find, but I I know it's it's just a matter of I need the right place and the right people at the right time. But yeah, like I, and, I've and thought just... of it, I've considered it. But I mean, I'm the kind of person who sits there. I go, okay, how can I make Bowser in this system? <laughs> oh yeah, like as much as I appreciate the original stories and everything, I am the person who will go. 
Yeah, but like, what if I were Tequila Sunset? What if I <laughs> were King Dedede right now? I don't know, Gabe, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, a couple of my characters, like, one dude's literally just Victor from Arcane, and I, he's one of my favorite characters that I'm playing with right now. No, I, I get you, I get you, but I feel like there's some level of personal attachment with the character that I'm not getting because I'm going, hee hee, it's a me, Luigi. <laughs> I, I, that's another crazy thing, is I don't think there's really a wrong way to play it. And like some, sometimes those flesh out in different ways. I, I, I started up playing as I just wanted to be Aladdin. I just had an idea. I wanted to be Aladdin, but I started growing and fleshing out in different ways. And now, now my next character I want to play if I ever get to not DM my game again. I, I want to be, I want to be a a kobold warlock that just desperately pretending he's a wizard. Like he grew up always wanting to, has no magical talent, so he sold his soul <laughs> to the devil, and is just. Like, fireball and catching an Eldritch Blast instead. And just, like, he's, he's deluded himself to a point that's... Yeah, that's I'm so a wizard cute. now. That's so cute. I enjoy wow. combining just sweet innocence with deep emotional trauma. Those are my characters. But yeah, Dungeons & Dragons are great. It's great. I, I'll probably talk about it more just as soon as I get more fun stories. Oh yeah, by all means, of course. I'm glad to hear it. All right. Uh, what, what you got? What you got? So it was a bit of a weird month for me. I started a bunch of manga, and either all of those are unfinished, or I just kind of fell off of them. Like, uh, The Elusive Samurai was good. I love the mangaka's other work in Demon Detective Nero and Assassination Classroom. Especially Ass Class. That's a great <laughs> anime and manga. But uh, it's unfinished, and I didn't have too much to talk about, so... I decided, uh, in the spirit of recent releases in fighting games, I rewatched and actually watched the entirety of My Life as a Teenage Robot. Oh, I'm yeah. Th- All right. I've never, I've never, I never heard of the show before. <laughs> yeah, it, it's uh, fun. I think the best way I can describe it is Powerpuff Girls by way of Danny Phantom. It's a lot of episodic superhero comedy skits by way of that sort of snarky teenage character. And I'm not sure I love this show, but I love aspects of this show a whole lot, and I know why it has such a huge fan base now. Because this was a show that, as a kid, I would watch on the occasion, and I would enjoy it a little bit, and then I would probably forget about it. Like, it, it was a good time filler show. It didn't make me want to change the channel like uh, Rocket Power or Wild Thornberries, but it, it didn't captivate me. But what this show does is, whereas a lot of Nickelodeon shows are built on the back of their dialogue and are built on the back of, you know, just the occasional snarky comment, like, like, we watched a bunch of Cat Dog, and that was entirely carried by Cat's vocal performance and snarky comments. <laughs> yeah. And everything else was very secondary. This is a show that doesn't really have that, but instead celebrates animation really well. Like, you can tell that this is primarily a show that is an excuse to have so many animations in it. Like, Jenny is such a flexible main character because the way that she can transform her body just allows for infinite possibilities. Like, she has her steel pigtails, and she can turn those into a drill, she can turn those into boomerangs, those can be jets. Just whatever the animator is thinking of that will be a fun situation, you can do with this character. 
And because of that, it's a lot of physical comedy. Like, I have not seen a show that causes as much needless collateral damage to the town it's in as this one. <laughs> like, they just smash through walls for no reason. And it kind of makes Jenny a weirdly unsympathetic protagonist in the sense that she's at her most vulnerable and at her most character at the start of the series, where she is, I'm just a robot who wants to be a normal kid, and I'm discovering the world around me. Wow. And then she just kind of becomes a full of herself brat who does temper tantrums and pranks and stuff and becomes, you know, a very typical cartoon comedy character. And she's less engaging, but because of that, she just, like, blows up robots and fights monsters and is a very shoot-first, ask-questions-later character. She She's Korra. She's Korra uh, as a character. Okay. Yeah. But it's played for laughs instead of for character development. And, like, it doesn't make me attached to her as a character, but it makes me care about her because whatever she does is entertaining. It's so fascinating how much it just plays with ideas and how in love with animation it is. This show uses some of the most vibrant color choices I've ever seen. Like, they'll go into space and Jenny's entire form will turn a deep blue with a little white glow to it. And the way the asteroids are painted will change. Uh, one of the episodes has her dreaming. And whenever she's in dream mode, she sees the world as a Dr. Seuss uh, sort of parody, but sort of like a dystopia where it's like, it's like Dr. Seuss mixed with Jason and the Argonauts. And it's okay. so interesting to see that interpretation and also see it in motion because Seuss is just a lot of keyframes. It's a lot of single poses and whatnot. And seeing that with like proper tweening and the idea of it and animation principles is so, so fascinating. This is made by uh, the gentleman who was uh, Gendy Tartofsky, the guy who did uh, Samurai Jack. They yeah. were roommates in college. And there's actually a little cute uh, Samurai Jack parody called Samurai Vac. It's about a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> sure. And they just have the voice of Samurai Jack as his creator, who's like, you dishonor me, Samurai, Brad Vacuum Cleaner. That's great. I love that. But yeah, it's it just wants to have fun with things. It has one of the most dumb but fun rogues galleries out there. Like, one of the early villains is just like the Ant Hill mob from Wacky Races. But they're all depressed because their girlfriends all dump them. So they throw bombs of breakup letters and IOUs so no one can be happy. <laughs> it's just... Oh, like, sure. Oh. It, it's that sort of cute Powerpuff Girls villains of the week where it's just... It's clear that you're just making an excuse for a villain. But then they have the occasionally recurring ones. And the main one, Vexus, is voiced by Eartha Kitt. And anything Eartha Kitt says is like... Oh my god, just talk forever. <laughs> it makes an actual sinister threat, but of course it's Eartha Kitt, so she's very capable of comedy. So it's really like, <laughs> oh dear, what do I do now? <laughs> I wouldn't say that the characters are great in this, but they're always engaging. This is incredible background cartoon nonsense just to have in the back you're not really paying attention to it but you can look at it on the screen or sometimes someone will say something funny and you'll look up at it i can see why people love this show so much 
And it, it does fit into a lot of uh, categories where, like, you can say that, oh, Jenny is a representation of not feeling good with your body or safe in your body. And I feel that works with the audience. Like, they have an episode where they just say the word puberty. And I'm like, you can say that word? <laughs> and they just have her dealing with robot puberty, which is actually a virus given to her by Eartha Kitt. So she's more emotionally vulnerable. Okay, sure. <laughs> And it's like, oh, okay. It's like, it goes places. One of the villains is just a rat who has been experimented on by Jenny's mom to look more like Mickey Mouse. And he hates her oh. for it and is a communist for some reason. <laughs> and the episode ends with him being recaptured and her going, oh, Mr. Scruffles, I have something for you. And it's an exact replica of Mickey's pants and he shouts no to the heavens. That's great. Okay, that's that's pretty great. It's it's a show that's in love with animation and is just looking for every excuse to make whatever stupid animation principles they want to showcase a reality. I don't love it, but I really, really respect it. Like, I think you could show this to someone muted and you wouldn't get as good of an experience, but you would get the idea and it would be something just worth staring at. All right. It feels like a good cartoon in the classic sense of it, rather than a good animated program, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I get that. Yeah. Yeah, and Jenny and Vega should have gone together to all fans of the series. Yes. Yes, they should have. <laughs> anyway, that's it for me. Nice. I suppose that's time for comments, then. I uh, had one, just a quick, not exactly a correction from the comments, but just a lot of people being surprised about us talking about Lego voice acting when it has been in the game for a while. Uh, I'm just going to admit, I'm surprised too, because like, I enjoyed Lego Lord of the Rings. It had voice acting, and that just kind of phased out of my memory. But like, yeah, y'all right. Had it for a while. Now that's on you. I've only played the first two Lego Star Wars. Uh, I didn't know. Yeah. I'm not a real person. Also, just got a small comment from Jamester, just talking about the um that Square sold those I IPs, right? Yes. Just talking about a second half of that is that they sold those IPs so they can get got money to invest in the blockchain and NFTs the same day the NFT market crashed to an all-time low. That's hilarious. Yeah, no, you're right. I have nothing else to say about that. Just that that's hilarious. I didn't include that in the initial story because I was looking to confirm that, but. No, that's confirmed now. You are right. All right, but now for some some proper ones. Uh, from Chuckles Channel, we'd love to know what games we think are so bad they are good. Simple question. Any particularly awful games out there? The, the one that immediately shoots to mind is Sonic 2006. Like, I don't mean that in just a, oh, haha, it is so funny story. He kissed the girl and he liked it. I mean that in the sense of that game is fun to play because it's terrible. Like, figuring out how to get Sonic from one end of the level to the other while he is ragdolling around desperately flailing against physics objects, and it's kind of working sometimes, and sometimes it gives you the illusion that it's a fun Sonic game, but sometimes you just jump off of a ramp and get insane air. It's like, am I ever going to come down? Okay, there I am. 
it's, it's incredible. There are actively unfinished parts of the game. They have an outtake in the recorded lines. One of the gems that you get, because there's a gem system in this game that no one talks about, but one of them just shrinks Sonic down to half size. What do you think that gives Sonic as a power? Huh. Wind abilities. Why not? Did you guess being able to glitch the game and jump infinitely? Nope. Because that's what it can do. You can just hit the button and Sonic has infinite air jumps. It is not intended, but all you have to do is jump twice and it happens. Huh? Wow. <laughs> it is a busted, busted game, but unlike something like Shadow the Hedgehog, where it's busted in an unfun way, where it's like, oh, I'm spending 30 minutes in this Sonic level. Oh god, the, the Maria flashback level is so bad in that game. <laughs> but in this one, it's a matter of, okay, I can barely get through this. This is junk, but let's go for it, baby. I earnestly feel that Sonic the Hedgehog 2006 might be, like, in my top five Sonic games. Like, as number five, but it's so bad, but it's so much fun. I, I'd honestly agree with that. There, there does come a point where the, the negatives can have value in of themselves. I have gotten so much joy out of this awful game. Also, Yu-Gi-Oh! The Falsebound Kingdom. That's a bad game, but I like it when the monsters do the awoo moves. And it makes my brain go burr. Uh, I suppose for myself, I, I kind of feel uh, partly childhood nostalgia fueling it, but I kind of feel the same way about Sonic Heroes that I do Sonic 06. Like, like I, the fun parts of that game are fun. The bad parts are stupid, but they're funny at the same time. I would agree with you, but Sonic Heroes is the first game that I remember feeling profound disappointment in. <laughs> it was also my first experience with Sonic, which probably has a huge part Oh no, I was like, why? this is the sequel to my first Sonic game, Adventure 2. <laughs> yeah, I, I can see that easy. That is, that is very understandable. Uh, one that's not uh, very few people ever talk about because few people know it existed, but there was a Hobbit game made by Sierra Entertainment's uh, late 90s, early 2000s. It was a it was a 3D platformer action game, I, I think to call it. That was a lot of stealth. At the same. It was a weird game. And it was a bad game. Like, you have levels of just endlessly sneaking around. Like, it, It's The Hobbit, so Bilbo doesn't do much combat on himself. So a lot of just like, oh, you got the trolls here, so sneak past them. Or don't step on any of the leaves, because you even step on the leaves slightly, they'll see you immediately. The hit detection is awful. The combat is basic. But it was The Hobbit, and it was the first time I'd ever seen, like, that story brought to life. And as such, I loved it. The nostalgia of that carried it over as well. Until you get to Markwood. And that's just places just covered in spiders. I, not, not even like, oh, there's a cartoon spider. No, these are realistic spiders. Which for like a, for like a seven-year-old kid, horrifying. Nah, Nightmares. dude, spiders are friends. Not those spiders. No, no. When no, you all see, spiders are friends. When, when you open, when you like knock over a lock and there's just a swarm that emerges, several like really big, like the pale tarantulas. Ugh. I, oh, I, man. Oh, you can never play Donkey Kong Country Returns. Uh, I, I, I arachnophobia that I want to get over, but that game was really bad for it. <laughs> and also, the stupid green ones will poison you, and, like, the poison, you only get so many antidotes in the game, and it takes out, like, your entire health. It is not a balanced game, it's not... But, like, the first levels were so fun, because you're, like, you're, you're in the Lord of the Rings, and you're fighting orcs, and a dream sequence of Bilbo's where you can get to be the hero, and I just played that level over and over and over again, and it was a delight. 
Also bad game, but also fun. The N64 Star Wars game. Similar reasons. Controlling which, that game. Which one? Uh, the one with Dash Rendar. Uh, Shadows, oh, of, the Shadows of the Empire. Yeah. yeah. yeah Controlling okay. that game is awful, but man, are the vehicle sections so fun. And just the nostalgia of what, this, like, what you're seeing. Like, oh my gosh, this is Star Wars in 3D. Carries it past it. No, you're right. You're right. What I'm saying is that I will appreciate anything so long as it has one of my favorite brands slapped on it. Damn, Multiversus is for you. Right? Gandalf was leaked in it. I'm so happy. Maybe. It was in the original roster. Yeah, oh, I can't wait to play as my favorite WB character, LeBron James. <laughs> I am unironically excited for that. That sounds I fun. am too. <laughs> Alright, let's get a couple more questions. I I've seen the repeated comments from um, Phantom T5 asking us to talk about a game called Newgrounds Rumble. I had never heard of it before, but just because I've been seeing the comments a lot, uh, I did go and check it out just out of curiosity. I just wanted to shout out Phantom and say like, yeah, that is a genuinely impressive Smash Brothers clone. It was mm -hmm. made around the same time as Super Smash Flash, and it was significantly better. So, cool. I'm not the right person to talk about it. I have no attachment to Newgrounds outside of, like, I know what Fancy Pants and Line Rider are. Fancy Pants is a member of that roster. That's what I thought. Yeah, which is the one thing I was able to pull away from it, too. Yep. Uh, let's see, what else we got here? What else we got here? Uh, I got a fun comment from Agent Happy Potato that really intrigued me. Uh, with how Nick All-Star is incorporating strafing to great effect with characters like CatDog, Multiverses designing characters with team battles in mind, and Frame Makers taking more inspiration from assist characters than assist trophies, Agent Happy Potato has been really excited for how future platform fighters build on Smash's formula. Which brings to the question, what are some mechanics you'd like to see brought to the platform fighter genre, and what are some mechanics of Smash that you'd like to see more developed in either a future Smash game or another platform fighter? Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, like, what other fighting game stuff would you like to bring? I'd really like to see, just to kind of toss up my own answer, kind of the tag team system of, like, the MVC games. Especially <clears> if you're able to, like, interact with the characters you're tagging with. Like, imagine, like, team-up attacks where Mario is able to grab Bowser's tail and swing him around while Bowser's breathing fire. I stole that yes. from Brawl in the Family, Brawl but that family. doesn't change yep. the facts. <laughs> that it would be really cool. Yeah, I was just about to say, yeah, open your mouth and shoot to you fire. But just like things, uh, character interaction in general is like I, well, I think these sorts of crossovers really shine with. Agreed. Agreed. Finding more ways to do completely. that. I'm trying to think of things because like my my usual go to is uh, Capcom versus SNK2 grooves, but Multiverses is kind of already doing that to an extent. Like at first I thought that oh they're doing the gem system, but no, they're just doing. Slight variations of moves that will slightly change your playstyle in a way that is much better suited than Smash's custom moves. And I do... I do really like that. I love the idea of just using other systems to benefit your character and figuring out which one works the best. Like, th that's my go-to, but what else? I would be more... I would be curious to see a more traditional, like, super move system enter the game. Yeah, I, I, I don't like Final Smashes at all. I, Agreed. I, I like the idea, but that's a poor implementation of it. I'd like to see a more traditional, like, level 3 super, level 2 super, just that just that sort of thing. Go, go crazy I, I with agree. It. Like, I get the idea of Final Smash meter, but it's dull. It's not a resource. It's just something that you happen upon, and then you win for a little bit, unless you whiff. Yeah, there's not much of a... It, you can't really include it in strategies, which is why it isn't really in competitive play at all. And yeah, I'd like the, to see the, a more... 
the modular system that games like uh, Street Fighter 4 do with EX moves and the like are really, really nice. I do really like those. Plus, I just like to see what a more balanced take on a super move, a super move system in a platform fighter would look like. Because mm-hmm. that would have to be different because of the different environment. I would like to see more of what Multiversus is doing where you don't have a guard button. You just have more mobility in a platform fighter. Yeah. Because I feel like guard is such an over-centralizing option in a lot of these, and it really doesn't have to be. I would like to see a more aggressive playstyle, because fighting games don't really have this issue of standing still and guarding, because whenever you're guarding in most traditional fighting games, you're moving backwards. You're creating a more defensive environment, with the exception of Mortal Kombat and Injustice, and I don't like those games as much. It, it, it takes the rock, paper, scissors formula, and where you can attack and grab in so many different ways. Rock is just rock, and there's nothing interesting about that. But when yes. tying it more into mobility makes it equally as, gives it equal variety to scissors and paper. Exactly. And just like at the point that we're at, if you're saying, oh, that makes it too offensive, th- we have solutions in other fighting games. We have Burst, we have Roman cancels. Like, there are so many different ways to explore base mechanics in fighting games, and I feel like we've latched onto the guard in platform fighters so much when I don't think it's really all that necessary. Just make grabs better. Uh, I'll throw out one more that I wanted to embrace the kind of party element of things a bit more. In a way of, like, um, variety of game modes. Yeah. There's a lot of cool things you could do there, like uh, the Nick All-Stars, like, smash get ball kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Just go, just go crazy with like you, you don't have to knock fighters off the stage. Like do a king of the hell thing. Do a to try to in- integrate various sports into it. There's defend this AI controlled character and whoever can de- defend theirs the longest wins. Like you have a lot more room to work with, which allows you to do more things with it. I, I want to see some like mini game esque sort of things like that. I feel like there's a embrace the platform, the party sides of things could be fun. Yeah, it's so weird that Smash has had the board the platforms race to the finish sort of side mode content, and we've gotten away from that as time has gone on. Right? The number one thing I want if there's another Smash game, like if there's a reboot, like bring that back. Yeah. Let's see. Let's grab. Let's grab. Uh, from Super Dragonite, just a just a simple question. Uh, any book series that are near and dear to your heart, for one reason or another? Yes, Discworld. Ah, oh, God, I need to read those. I've read one. can't remember the name. Oh, I loved Ugh. it for just some reason. Which is hilarious because I'd throw out Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy to that answer. Which <laughs> is good for a lot of the same reasons. Oh god. No, Discworld is so special to me. Just, um, I was going through a real rough patch in high school. Could barely stay in classes and, uh, what I would do in between each class is just read a little bit more of a Discworld book every single time and that's how I would get through. And they're just so, they're so funny and irreverent, but are so caring and thoughtful and have such beautiful character arcs. Um, specifically, Death's books, exploring death as a character. I do know death. I love death. One of my favorite fictional characters ever in anything. And I just, it's very near and dear to my heart. The whole series from Mort to Reaper Man to Soul Music to Hogfather is so deeply etched in me. Thief of Time is also pretty good. I, I've heard nothing but great things about Discworld. It's just a matter of matter of devoting the time. Someday, someday. Yeah, I, I totally understand that. And then I just have one more comment, just because I'm selfish and this just sounds like fun. 
What would either of us like to see in a future 3D Kirby game, like returning copy abilities, characters, bosses, music, etc., <laughs> now that we have the framework of Forgotten Land to work off of? Uh, pause screens. Oh, yeah, that's a small thing, but that's a big thing. That's huge. Yeah, I want movesets and I want descriptions. Moveset descriptions, just those little extra tidbits of lore. Like, yeah, having the figures kind of remedies that to an extent, but it's it's so nice. I get it, but... I like having it there, and, like, it was such a nice thing of Superstar to have it in its menus, just how to do the commands. Like, thank you. Uh, let's see. Uh, like, characters, I'm always going to say Adeline. That That is just an easy, like, yes, this one, please. The entire Kirby 64 cast, if you can, but if not, but just painting things to life is one of my favorite abilities in just anything. Mm-hmm. And Adeline's adorable. How can you not love Adeline? Love her. Um, If they could bring back Mr. Duder, that'd be great. <laughs> Mr. Duder is an all-timer. He deserves more respect. He's the greatest god in this world. It's kind of hard to envision, but are there any, like, copy abilities that you want to see translated over? Haha, <laughs> suplex. Oh, right. Yeah. That's my favorite ability. There, please. Also, yo-yo. I'm really interested in seeing a, um, a level designed around Jet, specifically. I don't know if you could, like, have the entire game like that. It'd have to be, like, a specific area. But that or UFO and make it a very vertical level, I think it'd be really cool. I would love seeing those in the way that Robobot implemented Jet in the Robobot armor form, where it turns into a different style of game. Yeah, yeah, kind of, kind of like the, the mouthful mode uh, gliding, but a yeah. more fleshed out from there. Yeah. Let's see what other ones, because there are so many good Kirby abilities. Um, Poison? Oh, yeah, Poison was good. Uh, e ESP as well. Uh, being able to teleport around in a 3D environment. I want to see how they do that. We can do, we've already done that. Am I forgetting something? Which one am I forgetting? The final sword upgrades dash. Oh, right, 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 right. Yes. Let's see. Any others in specific? Um, Beam. Beam is, being missing is weird. Yeah, that, that's baffling to me. And I feel like, like at this point in a 3D space, that's just a magic wand. You can go crazy. Most of the power-ups I wouldn't even want for like the power-ups themselves. I'm just curious like how they would evolve them. Like what Same. are the upgrades to them? If I were to invent a power, I would really want to see Rubber Kirby um, <laughs> as an expansion of the ball ability from Adventure, and then also to give him Luffy stuff, yes. This, this is probably, no, this is definitely just recency bias, but I want, I want Kirby to swallow a dark matter and get the, its abilities for a time. Like, t turn into a pink gooey. Oh, that'd be fun. Uh, other returning characters, I'd love to see Dinoblade in 3D. Oh, yes! That's such a good pull! Oh, Dynablade boss fight. Yeah, yeah, I have to think of it that way now, because all those amazing 2D boss fights could be completely different in 3D. Like, imagine a Krakow boss fight, but you're, like, platforming around Krakow for the fight. Yes, and he's, like, seeping through the clouds that you're standing on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I I'm always going to want a 0-3 fight. Especially well, yes. now, but, like, that that's, that's a given. That's a given. Yes. I won't sit here and tell you, yes, Mark's 3D, please. <laughs> because you know it's real, and you know I'm right. No, uh, you are. Just, just like, I, I, I do want them to make sure they keep balancing between, like, new and old. I don't want it to just, like, next one be like, okay, now we're going to bring back all the good stuff. Like, don't forget the old stuff, please. But, like, I, I like this new direction, and I'm curious to see how far this can be pushed. Same, same. Bring back Silly Dillo, though. Yes. <laughs> just uh, him. Yeah, I 
I still love the idea of that the next collectibles are just him making the collectibles. It's the yes. same kind of pumpkin, yes. but he's just making them. And like, guys, if you're really going through Kirby's history and are really looking for someone who will be a ringer that will destroy the internet, put an escargoon. Yes. Oh, I can't believe that hasn't happened before. He made a cameo in Mass Attack, but just but he's the only character that has voice acting. Confused why DDD isn't speaking back to him. <laughs> your Majesty, what happened to your voice? Arr. But I, I mean, short answer to the question: just everything and anything, please. Yes, <laughs> I, just I, I more, can give please. You specifics, but like, I'm I'm so happy with this meal that I'm eating that you can just give me more of the same, and I'm going to be delighted. Yes. And I think that is all the questions I had. Oh, neat. Thank you for submitting those. Just use the hashtag DDG comment to fi- follow up on those. Unless you're now watching on Spotify, in which case, sorry, there's not a comment feature on that. It's going to be difficult trying to figure out how to. Go to the comments of our YouTube page. You can find us on the Duke of Dorks at YouTube or Designing 4. Don't leave a comment on mine, except if you want to help my channel grow. (laughs) Which you should. The TF2 video is amazing. Go watch that. We do good. I die. It's great. (laughs) But yeah, thank you all for watching or listening now. Yes, thank you very much for tuning in. Yeah, we'll see you all next time, and probably with a lot of things to talk about with E3. Yeah. Now, if you don't mind, I'm going to go take Donkey Kong on a date to not the zoo. (laughs) 